Geekscapists, welcome to the Geekscape San Diego Comic Con 2017 special. It is a few days late, but I think I'm finally recovered from just how awesome San Diego Comic Con was this year. It was easily our best San Diego yet. I have to give a huge shout out to not only all of you who came by the booth or helped with the booth, uh, but our sponsors as well. Loot Crate did a huge job in giving us all the giveaways for our Loot Crate giveaway box. That really helped uh, people discover Geekscape. It was our loudest thing on the floor, uh, probably thanks to Matt Kelly and his carnival barking. Uh, but people came by. They chose stuff from the Loot Crate box. They signed up for our Twitter or our Facebook or our Instagram. And when I checked Monday morning, our engagement was up over a thousand percent, which was great. It was amazing. Uh, I also have to give a shout out to QMX for giving us the uh, Q figs that we gave away in the raffles every day. That definitely helped, along with our longtime friends at Wowie, for the Wowie Minion robots that ended up in some of your hands. If this is your first Geekscape episode, it's going to be a little weird. You may want to go in the feed and find a different episode if you want the full Geekscape experience, the, the traditional Geekscape experience. What I'm about to give you guys is short conversations from about five to ten minutes long with some of the guests that dropped by the Geekscape booth and did signings. We also have conversations with some of the Geekscape staff that went and walked around the floor. And I just can't say enough about how uh, much this weekend rejuvenated me in uh, continuing to do Geekscape for another ten years. Recently we had made the decision to do less news on the website and only really post podcasts and opinions. Um, we couldn't have done that a few years ago. We didn't have any other podcasts but this one. But with the uh, arrival of Geekscape Games and Horror Movie Night, and then uh, having other podcasts like Seven of Wine and movie, uh, 90s TV Hour come over and want to join the Geekscape Network, we started kind of transforming into something. And it was focused, exciting. I loved having people come by the booth and discover Geekscape for the first time. And I obviously love you longtime Geekscapists who've believed in us all along. I want to dedicate this episode to Justin, who I believe is from Alabama. Justin is somebody who stopped me on the way out of the Hyatt one uh, night. And he said, Jonathan, I did not recognize him. I think I'd only communicated with Justin online. I think he said that he'd sent me a message years ago and it meant so much to him that I responded to it. Of course I was going to respond to it. Uh, what you guys do uh, is so important to me in keeping me going and keeping this whole Geekscape thing rolling. Uh, Justin, you can write me as many messages as you want. I'll respond to every single one because I think you are important. And I want to know about each and every single one of you. We're all part of this community. So I didn't start a podcast. I started more of a family or a team, and we're going to win this thing, and we're going to keep going. We've already signed up for Comic-Con next year. I expect to see you guys in 2018. And if you're in the LA area, Halloween weekend, we've got Stanley's Kamikaze, which is probably our next booth appearance. So thank you guys for an incredible weekend. Sorry this episode's late, but I think you're going to find it's a huge one. And sit back, enjoy, and here's Geekscape. Hey Geekscapists, I'm here on the Comic-Con floor with my good friend Jen. She's one of the two co-hosts of our brand new podcast, Seven of Wine, in which Jen and Jackie get together and drink a new bottle of wine and review yep. a classic episode of Star Trek Star Deep Trek. Space Nine. Nope, Voyager. No, Star Trek Voyager. 
I get confused with the wine and the nine. Well, they're both both Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek and uh, Deep Space Nine are uh, equally hated by Star Wars. Now, I mean, why Star is that? Trek people. They're, they're all hated by Star Wars fans. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Star Trek people. Who had the idea for the podcast? So, I introduced Jackie to Star Trek Voyager about a year ago, and then she started watching it, and it was her idea to do a podcast. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys a 50-50 credit on that one. I mean, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Probably 70-30? I don't know. All I know is that we're here at the Geekscape booth uh, at Comic-Con, and we are advertising all of the Geekscape podcasts, Uh and the one that people are gravitating... The one that people are gravitating to the most Uh is yours. Which is hilarious, because Voyager has been over for 20-something years. Right. Right? I mean, I don't even think the people at Comic-Con remember they're not old enough to remember watching Star Trek Voyager like half the people here so it's uh that's that's welcome news um I have pretty much been here at the booth uh with our Matt Kelly mm-hmm. who's like an amazing carnival barker as I think you're witnessing carnival barker I yeah like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's handing out Geekscape postcards Geekscape is by yelling uh Here's some decorative trash for to, to promote a website you're never going to visit. I uh, don't know if that's the company message, but you guys get it. Um, so talk to me about what you've experienced at Comic-Con since we've been here in the booth. Well, you know, you and I are oldsters, right? So we've seen, we've seen all veterans. this before. We really are. Like, it takes a lot to impress us at this stage. But, you know, uh, seen a lot. It's, it's really crowded, and you're never not walking through a fart. <laughs> and, and all around that. Well, you're also shorter than me, so I think I think I think <laughs> your your fart exposure is a little. Uh, uh, you're, you're more in the danger zone. My head hovers right in that sweet spot between armpit height, so bo, and fart height, like that middle, that gray area right between. That's the zone my nose exists in. So I'm living, I'm living it up. Here. Right, because doesn't heat rise? Heat rise. Yes. Heat yep. rises. Heat so rises. like, once somebody wrecks one, you're like. You're, oh. You're like our canary. It's right, exactly like in a little cage in a mine, right? So, um, <laughs> like, what are some of the things that you've seen? Like, like you bought some stuff. What did you I, buy? Well, I went to the Toki Doki booth, uh-huh. which I, you're you're a fella, so you probably don't care about Toki Doki. Uh, here's the thing about Toki Doki: our my business partner with Geekscape George uh-huh. has a four-year-old daughter. Oh my god! And so he's he's asked us to to try and find him Toki Doki stuff. So I'm just gonna steal yours because that line is out of control. <laughs> it's out of control. I don't it's even know lawless. what it is. It's lawless. It's like it's it's like if Hello Kitty took LSD. Okay. Um, and no, that's it. It's if Hello Kitty took LSD. That's and all the description the, you need. The imaginary world that she would imagine. That's what Toki Doki is. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I did that. Um, I tried to get some exclusives. I'm I'm so over trying. I'm just gonna eBay it later. Right. Yeah. Is there anything that you've been trying to get here? Uh, no. I've been I, I've been actually trying to leave here with less than. I gain. I mean, we have this Geekscape. We brought this. I've been talking about it on the show for a while. The uh, loot crate box of things that from loot crate that I do not want to keep that are all going in this box. Oh, it's smart. And I put the box up on the table on Wednesday as we were opening for preview night. It was overflowing, and now it's down to the scraps. And it's only Friday morning, so it's been a success. And one thing that we've been asking people to do is sign up for our social media. So it's been really great in driving numbers. And we've been also doing a uh, raffle uh-huh. several times throughout the day to give away some of these remote control Wowie minions. These are remote control robots that you can control with your phone. They look sick. And they run around and you can actually have them do, on theme, fart battles against each other. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have two, two minions and they roll around and they 
fart at each other, and there's, I guess, an infrared sensor that shows you if one's been tagged or not. It's like laser tag, but with little robots. And we're also giving away these Q-Figs for our friends at, at QMX. And they're really nice statues. I actually prefer the Q-Figs to the um, the little bobbleheads. What are they called? Nice. The, the, that everybody loves? with The little bobblehead guys. Yeah, little bobblehead guys. Uh, the uh, Q-Pop. Q Wait. No? Yeah, the, the, yeah. Pop, the, the yeah, pop, pop figures. Yeah, the yeah, pop yeah. figures. Yeah. I actually like the, the uh, Q-Figs better because they're full statues. Nice. Yeah, So. Nice. We're giving away those during the, during the day. Uh, so you have little minion toys that play a fart game. I feel like a lot of the people here on the con floor are playing the same game. They might be remote controlled. <laughs> just, and, and the thing with, this is brilliant, the thing about bringing all your Loot Crate stuff that you, you know, you're trying to, what I'm hearing is that you're using the Geekscape booth as a front for your private garage sale. <laughs> it's not a garage sale if you're not making any money. We're only selling <laughs> shirts, but, the, but people are taking this stuff for free. And they were taking it so fast that I actually thought about going down to Ralph's and buying a bunch of mouse traps and hiding them in there, so that if people got a little too aggressive, uh, they would they would find out sooner rather than later that uh, that patience is a virtue. Uh, I like the way you think. Yeah, and like you know what's been po really popular at our booth is you guys are for, to promote the Seven of Wine podcast are giving out these sleep masks. Oh yeah. That say I'm regenerating on They're them. They're brilliant. See, so so like. Jackie and I are really mind melted, and, and we re never really worked out like what the ratio is for like creative input, or, or you know, I, I really considered myself like an Andy Richter type personality on the podcast with her, um, very sidekicky. But um, when it comes to like these these giveaways or anything that we have to creatively like, you know, whatever, we're pretty mind melted, and we were we were thinking about like postcards or whatever, and she was like. What about sleep masks? And I was like, oh, what if they say regenerating? And she was like, oh, what if we put Seven of Nine's ocular implant on it? So that's how that came to be. And it's sick. It's a sick little, it's a sick little, uh, sick little giveaway. Yeah, um, no, it's it's um, it's awesome. And you know what? We we got you on the postcards because you guys yeah. are listed on our postcards. So. Oh yeah, teamwork. Yeah, it's the postcard work. lists the whole Geekscape slate, and we allow you guys to have your unique identity and use those sleep masks to show people that you guys are hilarious and giant Star Trek fans, and they're going like hotcakes. You know what we were thinking about? We were thinking about walking around like at like 3 a.m. outside at the Hall H line where people are sleeping on the grass right. and giving them the sleep masks because they'd use them right then and right. there, but then they're also advertising our podcast. It's not a bad idea, Yeah. but I don't think we can hold on to any. <laughs> right. The good news is that they're out Hot there. Cakes. You know, they're out on the floor promoting and people Hell are talking yeah. about them. So that helps. Yes. Uh, is there anything that you want to see that you may not be able to see? Um, in oh, my God. Yes, in conclusion, I heard the Westworld experience where you actually go in and there's robot hosts. Robot they're not, hosts? They're people, they're people oh. pretending to be robots, pretending to be people, if you could wrap your mind around it. Because right. they're obviously not real hosts, right? Um, but I hear you get to go in and you get to choose white hat or black hat and then you hat not cat right black and then hat you, and then you get to uh, and then you get to basically be in Westworld for 30 minutes 30 minutes yeah it's like an immersive experience and where is that it's over at the Hilton but I hear I have to get I hear I have to get in line tonight at 9 p.m. to be able to sign up at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning to get into it on Sunday so I don't even know if I'm gonna oh be able God. to do it I know yeah. That sounds crazy. I know, but you're going to be in Westworld. I mean, usually you have to pay $25,000 to be in Westworld, but here you just have to sacrifice an entire night's sleep. I had no idea that existed. Again, I, yeah. I'm sequestered here, but uh, I love it. Geekscapists, I've met a lot of you. I've met a lot of Geekscapists who have I didn't know existed, so it's been a lot of fun um, getting to know you guys if you're listening. 
Um, all right, I will let you go and explore. I'll let Yay. you go prep for your. I think you should do the 9 p.m. thing. The 9 p.m. I think I you should do Westworld. Do Westworld? I'm gonna. Just do so you it can now. talk to us about it. Because um, I'd never heard of it and don't know anybody who did it. Geekscapist, if you want to hear more of this sultry voice, you can hear her on the Seven of Wine podcast right here on Geekscape. Uh, especially if you're a Star Trek fan, I think you're going to enjoy it. And maybe if you're a wine connoisseur, Perhaps. you'll learn to appreciate something. Indeed. Uh, all right. Over and out. It's nice talking to you, Jen. Live Live oh, I think that's more appropriate. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Uh, Geekscapist, I'm sitting here with Fred Schroeder, who I've been calling Frederico for the last hour at the Comic-Con booth, because Matt Kelly was calling him Frederick, and I just added the Frederico, which makes no sense, but it may show you just how fried I am here at the booth. Um, just, just makes it spicy, that's it. It's just the spiciness. And Fred is one of Matt Kelly's friends, and is signing copies of his comic, uh, or not a comic, he's signing copies of his documentary strip, which is about... Cartoon strips. You guys remember the Sunday morning cartoons? Maybe you grew up reading them. Yeah. And it's a full-length documentary. It's a full-length documentary. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a great you know 90-minute uh, kind of run, and we interviewed uh, you know over 70 different cartoonists. Entered their studio, got their process. Everybody from you know the old guard of Garfield, Jim Davis, uh, to uh, some of the new um, web cartoonists like Kate Beaton and. Uh, uh, Chris Straub and Scott Kurtz, people like that. Stephen Pastis, my, my father loves Pearls Before Swine. It's his favorite car- cartoon. Yeah, Stephen Pastis, we got it. He was uh, he was probably our most contentious interview. Really? Yeah, he had a lot of back and forth about uh, because we approached it as uh, you know the newspaper comics. Not as many people get newspapers anymore. Right. So right. we were sort of examining: is this medium still going to be around? Is it still going to be relevant? Or is it all going to move to the web? Is it all going to be internet? And he, you know, was, look, I still make a lot of money doing my comic strip in newspapers. Like, yeah, he's in a lot of them. Yeah, and he's going strong. But the biggest cue, the biggest interview we got, I think, was Bill Watterson, who did Calvin and Hobbes. It's the first interview he's ever given. He Are turned, you serious? Yeah. He turned down 60 Minutes. He turned down Steven Spielberg. But he said yes to us. Why do you think that was? Well, he's super reclusive. He wants the work, I think, to speak for itself. But he, I mean, what's he doing now that Calvin and Hobbes is kind of wrapped up? That's the million-dollar question. Uh, you know, what has he been doing for the last uh, 20, 30 years? And he still creates art. Uh, we got him to come out of retirement, and he did uh, his first piece of art in 19 years, which was our cover for us. Uh and that got us, you know, a lot of press. Uh, we were suddenly in every newspaper across the country, in Rolling Stone, Time Magazine. And then he sort of kind of climbed out of his shell since then. He did some guest strips for uh, Stephen Pastis, the Post Before Swine guy, and uh, did a poster for a, a French comic festival, and then kind of has retreated back and uh, hasn't done as much since then. That's pretty amazing. Um, you geekscapists who maybe uh, enjoy Penny Arcade, they've got Mike, Mike and Jerry on this. And then The Oatmeal is a pretty popular online comic. So Matt Inman is on this, and I, who I met at Comic-Con last year. Yeah. Matt Inman. He's a he's a pretty cool guy. I um, What was the idea behind this? I mean, did you grow up like loving this stuff, or is it something you got into as a filmmaker? Uh, you know, I grew up, I think a lot of people, this was sort of the first way I started reading, was like... My parents would have 
the newspaper and they would throw me the Sunday funnies and I grew up you know reading Garfield and uh, all those comic strips from the the, the 80s family circus it was family like circus one, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I connected up with uh, a friend of mine who's a cartoonist named Dave Kellett uh, I had an idea of doing a documentary on just a bunch of different artists like a, a painter a cartoonist a sculptor and he came back and said what if we just focus on cartooning I have a lot of contacts in the cartooning world maybe we could partner up and make that our subject and so we went down and interviewed um, Greg Evans who does a comic strip called Luann mm-hmm. to test it out do we have a feature length documentary if we explore this subject we spent like three hours talking to him and by the end of that we're like oh this this uh, uh, we think we could do something with this so cut to a, a quick four years later yeah, right. and the documentary's done that's <laughs> about know? as long as it takes to make these folks so be patient Yes, that's um and like is is the crux of the thing that is the crux of the documentary that newspapers circulations are down subscriptions are down and what is going to happen to this art form or is the crux of it, it just a celebration I don't know it certainly started out as almost a disaster movie you know uh-huh. it's like this industry is collapsing every newspaper is sort of closing and that's when we started making the movie as it. As it shifted over four years, it sort of transformed into more of a celebration of this medium and this art form and kind of shining a light on it because uh, we really hadn't seen another documentary that had focused on specifically comic I've strips. I've never heard of one. Yeah, and so we were like, let's make a movie that really celebrates this art form. It's not going away anytime soon. That We had such a joy and respect for the medium that we wanted to kind of make this movie for ourselves. And then it sort of blew up. We did it. We did a couple Kickstarters for it. We uh, were kind of an early success on Kickstarter back when we launched, uh, and we found that there was an audience besides just the two of us. And uh, it's been really receptive, and we've had a lot of uh, great reaction from fans and, and longtime fans of all these strips and artists that we were able to get in the movie. How's it been with the festival? Have festivals been receptive to the film? So we yeah, it did. Seems like a, it seems like a shoe in for a lot. It seemed but. like it, but we eschewed all of that, and we did a we did a self release on this. Uh-huh. What we what we decided is, no one's going to sort of take care of our movie better than we will. Uh, we we were approached by a couple, uh, you know, distribution companies, and we weren't really happy with their deal. We knew we had this coup of getting Bill Watterson in the movie. No one had ever done that before. We could release that as a press release, and we knew we would get a lot of press. Sure. So we did that. Uh, we did an interview with the New York Times and told them this is what we had. They launched that, and then we had a huge campaign with our Twitter followers and all the Twitter followers of all the different cartoonists that we interviewed, like you know Mike and Jerry from Penny Arcade, and had them tweet, guys, our movie comes out this date. April 1st, please buy it all on this day at, on iTunes, and uh, we were coming out the same day that a Justin Bieber documentary was coming oh, out. that's just great. And we said, let's beat Justin Bieber, buy our movie instead. We shot to the top of the charts, we became the number one best-selling documentary on iTunes, uh-huh. and that was all due to... 
you know, support just, of the fans. Or and, hating Justin Bieber. <laughs> and that hate of Justin Bieber. No, it was really uh, all these people being supportive and buying it on, on, at, at the same time. And that really uh, shot the metrics up on iTunes. And that got us a lot of visibility, yeah, visibility yeah. and, um, you know, led to a lot of incredible things. Now, what did you, I mean, not to, I don't want to spoil the movie. And Geekscapus, if you want to pick it up, it's at stripfilm.com. Uh, you can order, I think, a DVD, or you can download the film on iTunes and all that. It's on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can do a direct download on our site. The other thing that we did on our site is we did all these interviews. Not everybody made it into the movie, but we knew a lot of fans wanted to see more of that. So we put uh, about 20 uncut interviews up on our site. You can bundle that together and get all of that. So you get over 100 hours of content on this. If you want to dive deep, wow. which we found... A lot of other artists love to put on these uncut interviews in the background and draw to them. It's inspiring. And, yeah. I mean, it, it keeps your barometer set to hear other artists talking about their process. Yeah. We found that it's super rewarding. It's something that we loved as you know fans of that stuff. We would dive deep you know, and do all that stuff. So we figured, why not make that available for everybody? And on the DVD, we have you know an uncut interview with Jim Davis as well, the, uh, the creator of Garfield. And that's at strippedfilm.com. Strippedfilm.com, yes. Um, so, Fred, what was the biggest discovery for you finishing the movie? Not to, like, now that the movie's done, what is the thing that you yourself learned the most? Not to spoil the film, but, like, what well, for you? Well, the What's thing we learned the most is really, and this is, you know, kind of a no-brainer, is how transformative the Internet has been as far as a communication tool, a distribution tool for artists. You know, just like people who make, like yourself, who make podcasts, you can go direct to a, your audience. You don't need a distributor. Same with uh, cartooning. There's no bar to entry now. You can make a comic strip, put it up on a website, and people will come and find it if you do good work. And that's the biggest transformation, I think, that we found is now there are no real gatekeepers anymore to put your art up. And that applies to music, it applies to comic strips, to movies, etc. And we sort of found that our release strategy mirrored a lot of what these young cartoonists like Penny Arcade, you know, Scott Kurtz, etc. have found and really um, cultivated over the years. So listen, again, Geeks gave us stripedfilm.com. You're going to pick up the movie or download it from wherever you want. Yes. Uh, and enjoy it because I know that this is something I definitely would send my dad as a fan of most of these comics, and I grew up loving all of them. So if uh, if you want to harken back to yesteryear and find out where it is today in the 2017, look no further than Fred's movie. Uh, dude, thanks for being at the booth. Thanks for having me. So appreciate it. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hopefully you get a chance to enjoy some Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. It's crazy out there. Yes, it Gotta is. Got to keep up. Dude, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm sitting here with Mega Ran in the Geekscape booth. Welcome to the Geekscape booth, man. Yo, this place is amazing. It's so comfortable. You got water and chairs. It's, 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 it's the like hospitality is great. A lot of those, a lot of those call it the outlets. Geekscape Lounge. I think we should call it. The, I used to call. I was calling it the Geekscape Cage on Wednesday. Like we were having Cage? people come in and fight me. Oh my! I was. I was. I was. I was so barbaric. Uh, we've got video of me challenging people to come by and fight me Did in the Geekscape Cage. Actually, accept? Uh, nope. No. Nobody right. accepted, but you know, what? I'm holding out hope. 
Okay. What brings you to San Diego besides Comic Con? You are in the middle of a tour. Uh, you're always touring. No, really. I look up and you're always you know touring. What? I say that I'm not, but I guess I am. I'm just doing weekend gigs right now, so I, I do one-offs. So I drove out from Phoenix to play a show last night and to hang out at Comic Con. Um, that was like an added bonus, and we had a, um, a panel as well yesterday on hip hop and comics. So it's part work, part play for me. Um, I try to make the most of the time out here. And uh, we're celebrating 10 years since the very first Comic-Con I went to and the very first San Diego shows I've had. So we've just been kind of, it's in a very celebratory mood. Like this is something I've been doing for so long and uh, I love the city so much and I wanted to do something cool to give back. And what, what album have you been touring on right now? Like, what are some? You have a couple of different releases. I do. We're celebrating the first release, which is the Mega Ran, which came out in 2007. Uh, there was a re-release, a remaster. So we are celebrating that. It was the first time that I decided to put Mega Man music on top of uh, hip-hop lyrics. And, uh, and it was something that the, the world apparently needed because it didn't exist. Uh, so, yeah, we were just having fun with it, and it became something that got even bigger than myself. So um, I'm really proud of the, uh, the love that the album's received over this amount of time. And so we're just celebrating that. In Geekscape, if you've not heard of Mega Ran, I don't know where you guys have been hiding because we have featured them on several of our shows before. Uh, what is the best way to get acquainted with you? Like, you have a website that's a good place to send people, and there's tons of videos on YouTube. Yeah, there's tons of stuff. Uh, if you want music, it's very easy. MegaRanMusic.com will send you right to my band camp, which has a ton of free music and a lot of... Um, artist-driven content where I create new stuff every month and put it exclusively there. So yeah, come on through to MegaRanMusic.com or MegaRan.com and then you'll get to a music tab. But uh, yeah, you'll find plenty of music to choose from. And uh, I think if you're into video games, comic books, anime, anything geek culture Pro wrestling. You're a huge pro wrestling fan. Let's not talk about that. Yes, pro wrestling. We had Johnny Mundo in here yesterday. Nice. Mr. Morrison himself. He's he's going to probably be sharing this episode with you because we did a little interview with him. Johnny Mundo. I just saw him in Glow, and I was really excited to see him in that. Wasn't he great? We just talked about my brother uh, not being in Glow, uh, even though he was asked. (laughs) Why didn't he? I love Paul. I I love Paul, but, but he took another gig. All right. well, For those asking, to do. Paul took another gig, and now uh, he knows Glow is amazing, and hopefully he gets a season two because Chavo looks out. Now he can he can now he has to call them and be like, hey, remember me? Hey, <laughs> you guys got any more of those Glow episodes hanging around? Uh, <laughs> no, he Paul's solid, Chavo's no. sol- solid. They'll look out. Um, oh, I think they will. And that show is amazing. I think it is. It's so fun. Um, I'm hooked on it. My my wife likes it, and she's not even hugely into pro wrestling. I think with it being women. And seeing just badass women kicking butt and run, showing the uh, parallels between soap operas and things and that for her was great. So she loved it. Had a and, blast. Okay, so be, beyond the 10-year anniversary uh, LP, yes. Like, what else have you been up to? Like, what are you um, promoting? What do you what, like? You got to have new music, right? Oh, it's always new music. Always new music. Always. I put out a new song every month on Patreon. So that's at Patreon.com/slash/BitsAndRhymes. Uh, so we do a new song based on whatever game I'm feeling or whatever mood I'm in at that moment. So we're having a lot of fun doing those. Um, working on a new album. I put out singles now once a month. Yeah. I just put out a song called Church with uh, myself and Kadesh Flow. Um, samples of Super Mario World uh, castle theme, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I've just been having fun putting out singles while I gear up for the next full-length release, which will probably happen early next year. We're doing a duet project with MC Lars. Uh, based on Who we books. love so much. I love I love Andrew so yes, much. Yes, amazing guy. 
So it's based on our favorite books. We're both English majors, and we decided to have some fun with literature. And uh, Lit Hop, as it's called. And so that album called The Dewey Decibel System will be out early next year. I can't wait to. That one sounds amazing. You might be able to get those into like school libraries, even like make a little bit of money. That's what what I want. Well, what video games have you been feeling recently? Like, what are you addicted to? Wow. Um, Still love Overwatch. Still playing Destiny. Um, I've been on Nintendo Switch. The Zelda is the most amazing game ever. It's the greatest Zelda ever made. It's It's my favorite game of all time. Game ever made. I think so. It's like a perfect game. And then with the DLC, like expanding the land even more. Like, come on. It's, yeah, it's, I, I, have you been playing the DLC? Not much. Just I've been playing bit. the DLC. Just get all the masks and then take on those sword trials. Oh my god! The master sword trial is amazing. Okay, it's a perfect game. It's so great, so great. So, is um, there is there a Breath of the Wild song? No, I don't have a Breath of the Wild song. Maybe I should. I'm I asking know. for it. I'm as, as like a huge Breath of the Wild fan. Ooh, okay. I'm asking. You know, just think about it. Okay. Maybe I'll send you some suggestions. Send Have you beat the game? Yes. How amazing is it when you go into Hyrule Castle there at the hey, end? Hey, don't and spoil uh, stuff. No, no, no. The music okay. changes. Oh, yeah. The mu- when you step into Hyrule Castle, like the music oh, changes, oh. and you get so pumped. It's so, yeah, it gets you so ready, man. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I'm a music guy, so I definitely get excited to see things like that, like creative stuff with the music. Like Once the music changes, you're like, yeah, it's time. It's time. So I love that feeling. And uh, it's just a, such a great experience playing that game. Okay, so be looking for the Breath of the Wild single cut. <laughs> putting words in your mouth. Uh, honestly, though, uh, go, go vote on Patreon. What I do is yeah. I take a vote every month oh. on what games people should think I should do. And uh, so, yeah, if you're on the Patreon, go on and drop a vote in there for Breath of the Wild, and uh, maybe it'll happen. That's a great idea. So, guys, you got several ways to find Mega Ran. Mega Ran Music? MegaRanMusic.com. Uh, and that leads to like your Patreon. That'll lead to your Bandcamp and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. So like that's the easiest. MegaRanMusic.com. That's the easiest. That'll get you right to tour dates, everything uh, from my Bandcamp page. Uh, BitsAndRhymes.com will take you straight to Patreon or at MegaRan on Twitter, and the link is right there in the bio. Dude, I love having you here at the booth, dude. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for Geekscape loves me, you. Man. I love Geekscape. You guys are the best. <laughs> We're <laughs> caressing right now. You just can't see it. <laughs> I'm here in the Geekscape booth with Miss Heidi Cox, the, I could just call her the CEO of Dweeb Darlings, <laughs> the production entity. They just did their signing. Um, and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go to YouTube and look up Stocking LeVar, also available on the Dweeb Darlings Facebook page. These are 10 episodes? 14. 11. 14. 14 total. 14. And actually, 14. Oh yeah, season two is, okay, got it. Yeah, it's actually available on the Stalking LeVar Facebook page. Stalking LeVar has yeah, its own Facebook yeah. page. Why not put them out on the Dweeb? Well, we share said, them. We on call, the, yeah, we share them on Dweeb Darling. So like both. Um, and that is where... How was the signing? It was great. We met a sweet little girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was my favorite. Um, I wanted to take photos of that because I thought it was important to have photos of you guys interacting with your young female fans because it's such an important... I think what you guys are doing is important to that section of the Comic-Con crowd. Definitely, it's yeah. not all just boys and dudes in tights punching each other. At least it shouldn't. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We totally have that on the show. Not. <laughs> um, so, talk to me. Um, talking to Lamar, are you happy with how season two did? I'm really happy with it. I think it, it's beautifully done. The people that worked on it worked so hard and for so little and um, they all just really enjoyed being creative we had amazing editors we had amazing producers 
uh, guest stars, actors, crew. The crew worked so hard, and yeah, it's pretty crazy when I watch it and I go, "Wow, I wrote most." We of made that. this. <laughs> we made this thing. Yeah, and, um, I'm really excited to move on to our next installment. So next installment, is it going to be another season? And I'm like totally throwing you questions <laughs> that I already know the answers to, yeah. but I'm doing it. I'm playing the role for the for the well, Geekscapist. Uh, so so the, the the story Geekscapist is about a girl who is stalking LeVar Burton, quote unquote, but really she's looking for something uh, maybe even in herself. Yes. This fulfillment thing. And Which maybe. I think is relatable. And I think, yeah, I think it's really, I think we're all looking for something. And when we go to places like Comic-Con, we question like, why do we, why do we, question like why do we idolize this stuff yeah why do we obsess over celebrity why do we obsess over these pop culture fantasies and things so um i I think it is a topical uh series and if you guys want to watch it we told you where to watch it um (laughs) do you want to wrap it up I do, but I want to do it in, in sort of a unique way, which happens to have been someone else's idea pitched to me. I, uh, did, I, I, was, I saw the series, and I said, <laughs> hey, this is great, but it will only probably exist online. Right. And that's not fair right. to what you're trying to do. Thank you. So I said, let's try and make it a short. Yes. And it'll be a, something that will be something that can be accessible to film festivals to uh, maybe online cable outlets. There are a lot of them are doing piecemeal short programming. Uh, It'll just give it a wider uh, target audience. Yeah, um, and I thought it was a great idea, and we wanted you to come and direct anyway, so this is the official announcement. We announced it yesterday too at our panel, but uh, Jonathan London is (laughs) going to be directing and co-writing the short film Stalking LaVar with me. Co-writing? I know, I'm kidding. Ideally. No, the best. <laughs> I've, I've done the first three drafts. Yes, she's now written three turn. drafts, and she sent me three drafts, and I was like, oh, uh, yeah, let me need, get my head around it. It needs something. It needs it needs a little J-Lo. Right. Um, so, yeah, Geekscape and Dweeb Darlings, we're going to we're gonna team up and do some, some more fun stuff together. We've already done some fun con stuff, but I'm excited to see what we can make together. So there it is, Geeks Habus. <laughs> Official announcement before she goes off and moves on to the next chapter of whatever story she wants to tell. Yeah. She's going to wrap it up in hopefully grand style. Hopefully. And I just want, I, for me, I just want the short to be as filmic as possible. I, I, I was like, we, we've done the web series thing. You've done the web series thing. Let's try and do something that says, all right, this is something that's beyond the web. It'll it's be my first short. I don't, and I'm really excited. It'll actually be your first short. Yeah, I'm really excited. Well, we did see your feature film. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Oh no! She was in a bad horror. Movie. She was in a bad horror movie years ago that Matt Kelly watched with us, uh, and uh, that was. Um, <laughs> I warned you. Know you. Let's not call that your first feature film. It was the Let's first film I ever worked on. Your first. That was a nice jam session of people who like. Yeah, horror I mean, and Matt's gonna do a little. Uh, he's gonna record a little something on the for the horror yeah. movie podcast with about us it. About it. Yeah, I, I tried to warn you guys that it was. It, it was, was rough. So. I'm gonna say rough. So this will be the first short, and then hopefully there'll be a first big feature. Yeah. After that. Ideally, yeah. I mean, we, there's a lot of things. There are there are a lot of things that we are working on, and they're all in their embryonic stages. But but yeah, we want to make more content. We want to, you know, go outside the stalking Lavar universe and, and see what else we what else we've got. So. Geekscape, as you heard it here first. Straight from the mouth of Miss 
CEO, Heidi Cox. <laughs> Stay tuned. There'll be more from Comic-Con. The next interview. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Geekscape is we're back at the Comic-Con booth with our very own Yehudi Mercado. Yo, yo. Yehudi Mercado. Si, senor. <laughs> uh, we hung out last night. Version, right? We went to the Lion Forge Mixer. Yeah. You've got two books coming out from Lion Forge. Can they, they be announced? One and then about to ink the second one. About to ink it. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. So let's say one definitely. Okay, there's definitely one book yeah, yeah. coming out from Lion Forge. Yeah. Uh, I went over there this morning on the way to the booth and oh, cool. just saw the cool stuff that they have going on. They uh, they acquired a like really nice uh, graphic novel company called yeah, Magnetic. Magnetic. Yeah, so they Magnetic was Mike Kennedy who was from Archaea. Yeah. So I knew all those Archaea folks way back when with my book Pantalones, Texas. Right. Trying to figure out the best way to do this. Uh, yeah, you. Okay. I think that's that sounds nicer. All right, but hold it from here. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds way better. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah. So I I was thinking that magnetic looked familiar in their quality. Yeah. Oh and yeah so yeah. It's all he's Archaea. definitely yeah yeah. He's he's carrying the the old Archaea banner. Okay. For sure. Yeah yeah. And now they're in house at Lion Forge. Right. So, yeah, and Lion Forge is on like their. I call it Lion Forge 3.0. He was saying 2.0, but I agree with it's you. 3. It's 3.0. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was awesome seeing all the guys, and then we went over to the Funimation party last night. Where we both experienced, for the first time... Our fidget spinners. Fidget spinners. Which is... We're really late to the game yeah. on the fidget spinners, <laughs> but uh, we got free fidget spinners from the folks at Fan, uh, Funimation. Yeah. And we got these really nice fans for right. our cell phones, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was about it for the parties. Yeah. I, I, I did go to a Skybound mixer. Oh, we met cool. some of the folks over at Skybound and got some like free Skybound stuff. Hey, nice! But uh, that's about it. Other than that, yeah. I've just been doing. I went dinner. to an animation mixer, the Women in Animation. But you are an animator. Party. I so, am an animator. Um, so, sorry, Matt. Matt Kelly is here interviewing. Uh, he's uh, interrupting us in the mid conversation. Thanks, Matt. Said he can put his brand new uh, Puppet Master toys. Oh, uh, in his bag. You know what? Uh, while we are here at, at Comic Con talking about how we're not buying anything <laughs> because we have too much junk. Yeah, the we man have to I carry too with, much back. The man I know with too much junk who actually flew here from across the continent oh, is the shit. one buying the most crap. So that's going to cost you twice as much to ship back. It's gonna whatever it costs him to ship back, it's going to cost him three times as much in Poontang. <laughs> <laughs> it's like look at this. He's yeah. got the blade. He's got. Two wow. blade ma- uh, like puppet master toys. They're bobbleheads. They're bobbleheads. Bobbleheads. Oh, oh that's good. That'll, yeah. that'll bring them in. Uh, <laughs> that brings all the hey, boys ladies. to the yard. Want to put? Want to do some puppetry? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, London. That's enough. If you want to listen to me making fun of Matt Kelly more, you can listen to the preview <laughs> to Comic Con episode that was up on the site earlier. Yeah. Um, so Yehudi, you're about to do a signing here at the Geekscape booth. Yeah. What are you signing? You're signing Hero uh, Hotel. Yeah, I got my book, my new book, Hero Hotel from Fanbase Press. Uh, it's about a kid who works at a hotel for superheroes, but he finds out when heroes are on vacation, they're total jerks. Oh really? Yeah, so yeah. they're just sloppy oh, and yeah. messy. They're like rock stars. They're know, like they we are at Comic Con. Exactly. Are you staying by yourself at Comic Con? I am. You're sharing a room. No, I'm by myself. It's way easier. Oh yeah. Have you shared a room at Comic Con? Uh, no. Well, uh, we went to that ID Ten T, the Chris Hardwick uh, yeah. festival. And it was oh, like, that was up in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. How was that? Terrible. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Weezer played, and a bunch of people, comedians were doing people it. People were there to watch music, not to buy books. Okay, so yeah, you yeah. made no money. No money. Yeah. 
That stinks. I know. Because there were like some cold comic people yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like outdoors and windy and I like more merch was ruined by the wind than I sold. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, but what about what about some of the bigger names who've worked for Marvel and stuff? Did they do okay? Mm-hmm. Not really. Oh, I mean, damn. they got free tables and stuff, so I'm sure they were fine. And you drove all your stuff up there? Yeah. Paid for a $500 table. Yeah, yeah. And nada. I sold two books. Oh, my God. Two books. Uh, <laughs> Is it coming back next year? Idiot Fest? I think so. I mean, like, they let's, need let's to restructure see who, Let's see yeah. who the idiots who, well, who exhibit an Idiot Fest. Exactly. But part of the problem was, like, they didn't offer any bag check, and they weren't letting people go back to their car. So it's like they buy a book. They're not going to hold it, like, through a concert right. no, that's until true. midnight. Yeah, it's you're like, going to end up throwing it up on stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the crowds were cool. They were nice. Like, it was like, were you able you to know. see any of the bands? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So was it, was it fun or not? You wanted to come back. I do. Yeah. They just need to reorganize and restructure so that, like, when you're at a venue to watch a comedian, you exit through the booths, like exit through the gift shop. Right. You would be the you'd be the exit on the Star yeah. Wars ride at Disneyland. Right. Exactly. That's how they need to structure it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you give them that input? Uh, I will. Please, please, yeah. yelp it. <laughs> um, but we're here at Comic Con. Like, what have you been seeing? Uh, we hung out yesterday. Yeah, you got your Hero Hotel book, mm-hmm. from, uh, and I got some enamel pins. Okay. Yeah. And, and have people been welcoming? They have. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that this has been a more. Uh, I think the the crowds here have been more exploratory. I think they've been more welcome to trying new stuff. Yeah. Okay. They've been buying things. Nice. And they and we're it's Friday. We're almost out of promotional items. Oh, crap. Um, yeah. yeah. How have they been with your book? Uh, great so far. Yeah, I mean, like it's an easy pitch. I feel like right. Uh, so it's easy for people to grab it and pick it up and get the gist of it. As a, is it a superhero book or is it a kid coming of age book? It's a, it's an all ages book. You know, the kid doesn't have powers. Like right. I like to focus on like the characters that are normally like extras in other people's books. Fish out of water type thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's about the kid and so. He's a good kid, but, like, he always gets in trouble. Like, for instance, at the first page, uh, you know, he helps an old lady cross the street and he gets arrested for jaywalking. Okay. So he's just always getting in trouble. So it's, I always say it's like the making of a supervillain, because this kid, Chad, he's a good kid, but, like, he gets shit from everybody. And, like, (laughs) these superheroes are terrible to him, so it's like, at what point is he just going to snap and become a supervillain? Right. So that's sort of the tension throughout. And is it an ongoing, or is this? Yeah, book, hopefully this, this book? is like book book one. It's got a self-contained story, uh-huh. and then little mini stories by guest artists. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we just crank out more and more. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can get it at Fanbase Press. Yeah. HerohotelComic.com or Geekscapus. You can get it here. Yeah. Three nine one nine. But um, Yehudi, uh, what else are you working on? So, working on a book for Oni Press called Saifu. What? Saifu. Yeah, what is that? Sci-fi kung fu, man. Oh, it's not psychic kung fu. No, it's no, no, sci-fi no. kung fu. Yeah, yeah. What is, uh, what's the, so what's it's the a, angle? So, it's an all-ages book. It's about a kid set in the 80s in Brooklyn. He's a DJ, uh, and he's, basically, he summons a UFO. So, it's got some Last Dragon vibes yeah, yeah, to exactly. begin with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he summons a UFO with his scratching. And uh, transports him to like a robot planet, where he learns like this uh, sci-fi kung fu. So the UFO hears the DJing. Yeah, You're yeah. speaking our language. Yeah. He coming. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's like Arrival. Was one of the movie yeah. Arrival that came out <laughs> it's last exactly year? Exactly Arrival. With Amy Adams' character. He learns Chinese. Yeah. And, Amy uh, Adams' yeah. character in Arrival <laughs> was a DJ. Was a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it is. 
exactly. That's, that's your new pitch. He's yeah, like, yeah. hey, did you like Arrival? Yeah. This is like Arrival. <laughs> Add some funky beats to that. Yeah. And, some, and there uh, you go. Old school hip hop. Yeah. Take out Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Add DJ. <laughs> you got it. Add DMC. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and no word on what you're doing with Lion Porch. Uh, well, the one I can say is uh, it's called Fun 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 World. Okay. Uh, and that one was another alien story. All ages? Uh, it's all ages. You so love the all ages. I know. Well, my style is cartoony. It is. So, it is. like. We're going to greet you up in no time, though. <laughs> Uh, so that one is called Fun 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 World and it's about aliens who think they took over the planet Earth but all they did was take over an amusement park. That's awesome. Yeah. They're so tiny they, aliens or what? No, they're full-size aliens so like they wear the mascot uniforms thinking that's like the skin of humans. And they're like, we skinned them. Yeah, yeah. We skinned That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, the main guy thinks he's being celebrated because he's like wearing like the Mickey Mouse, you know, costume. Right, yeah. yeah. He's, he thinks he's top dog. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. So, uh, Geekscapist, we've had him on the show before. We'll have him on the show again. Yeah. That's Yehudi. Yo, yo. Uh, and where can we find your books online? You can go to supermercadocomics.com. Okay. And I'm excited to see you sign. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, you'll do better than... <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, I spell my name right. Hopefully, you'll do better than Idiot Fest. <laughs> yeah. Love you guys. Geekscapist, I'm here with the heart of Geekscape. Derek Cranevelt, uh, who has actually got a chance to experience Comic-Con. A lot of that is for you guys up on the Geekscape.net webpage. Uh, if you guys know, he is our managing editor. He's responsible for all the content. Irresponsible for all the content. Wait, hey, don't be like that. <laughs> and he's also responsible for the jokes on Geekscape Games once a month. The ones that work. Yeah, once a month when, you, when the show comes out, uh, he's responsible for the funny. So, um... You've actually got a chance to walk around Comic Con and experience it. Like, what are some of the things that you've seen that I sure you've been have, most yeah. impressed by? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting year for sure. And I, you've been writing it up on the website. I've been writing it up, and I've been writing. I've been doing it in a little bit of a different format than most years. Like, it's interesting this year because I there's so much news and news and everything that comes out of Comic Con, and usually I'm so obsessed over that. And this year, I don't even know what they've announced, uh-uh. what's, what's come out. I've just been walking around and like doing some of the things that you can only do while you're here. Uh, and actually writing those experiences up. So each each day, I've actually chronicled my entire day in... Uh, uh, everybody good? Yeah. So I've been chronicling my entire day in these like posts that are way too long, and I don't think anybody's going to get to the end of. But, I read them. Uh, you read them? You read yeah. Them? I think people are reading them. I wrote them for you. Well, they're like diary entries, yeah. and it, people are reading them. Yeah. I really think people are reading and, them. And part of the big reason for doing that is, like, looking back on previous years, I remember certain moments, but, like whatever I did day to day is, is something that's been completely lost and so almost mostly it was for me so I can look back on it and see what each, what, what the trip was like and everything like that and, and doing it in that way I've been having a blast and, and there's so much cool stuff I haven't even walked much of the show floor yet and it's freaking Saturday almost afternoon yeah um, you know so I've done some cool stuff like uh, uh, they've got a really cool FX has a really cool setup for Legion um, it's like this mixed reality augmented reality uh, experience where you actually use the Microsoft HoloLens, uh, which projects things onto like a desk in front of you, and you control them with your powers and everything like that. And so, so something like that was like really, really, really cool. Um, and that's it, one of the installations here. In yeah, so that's over at the Hilton Bayfront Park. It's part of the FX exhibition. Um, quite long lineups for that, but it's, it's one of the coolest things that I've experienced so far. Uh, and it kind of feels like a few years ago when VR was pretty new, and and you know, like. 
that was the first taste of VR for a lot of people and being able to experience that for AR like if it's this cool and this is the first one that I've experienced what's it going to be in a few years what kind of, what kind of experiences are we going to be seeing down so here so the HoloLens projects stuff onto a table and you find what so it's, but only you can see it it's like a visor that you wear uh-huh. and uh, and in terms of it, it tracks your head so the thing objects actually feel like they're on the table and as you move your head they stay where they in should place, relative yeah. to where you are and um, yeah no stuff like that was really 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 impressive um, but yeah I mean the best part for me and the best part of coming down every year is is just reconnecting with everybody and and you know I feel like I've got to hang out with you guys a lot more this year than in the past couple of years yeah yeah because I looked up today and I was like I have not hung out with Derek I, like we had breakfast the other day and we've been walking around and stuff we together chiller club. we had some chiller club yeah um, yeah no I feel like it's been you know, it's been a weird year for me, and I feel like I haven't been as close to you guys as I have been in the past. And so to come and get to hang out with you guys in person has been really, really refreshing, and I've really enjoyed that. And uh, So I can't fire you now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can. You can. After that heartfelt sentiment. <laughs> that would be... That would be yeah, that would be suicidal. I could pick up, like, a new hobby, and if that was the case, no. like, get into some Poyo Poyo Tetris. Poyo Poyo Tetris? Well, you're, I don't think you're on that level, first off. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to know that reference, you got to search through the old episodes of Geekscape Games. Uh, but that has been, Poyo Poyo Tetris has been a theme. It's been this year's Dungan Rompa. It has Going been. back to the years Spring when break. I'll, I'll just walk around downtown yelling at the top of my lungs some stupid in-joke from Geekscape. I mean, at this point, there's so many Poyo Poyo songs, I think you could have an entire, like, album. <laughs> I have been making up my own Poyo Poyo songs. I feel like you should be writing them down. Uh, I don't have to. No? They're, You'll sim- they're simple enough. They're timeless. Uh, so, you did the Legion Effects yeah. v- uh, AR thing. What else has been going on? That uh, so, yesterday, I also had, over at the Mary Jane's at uh, the Hard Rock Hotel, they've Skydance Interactive, which is a fairly new video. Uh, everyone remembers Skydance for their films and TV stuff, but yeah. they are they actually have a video game division now. And in the past week, they've actually released two separate, like big, pretty big budget games. And so I had what them, are they? Uh, so there's one called Archangel, which is like a uh, it's like a VR, like you're put in like a six story mech, and it's like a VR shooter um, that I had an opportunity to play. And it's on every VR platform, uh, starting with PlayStation VR last week, and it's coming out on Oculus and HTC Vive in a couple of weeks. Um, and they also have one called Owned or Pwned, however you pronounce it. And, uh-huh. and the whole idea around that is it's like an arena-based shooter, but you actually don't get points for killing your opponents. You have to basically teabag them afterwards to actually get any points okay, for the so kill. You down them and then yes, you finish yeah, them off. and they can they they can crawl away at that moment. So so you have to kind of still still continue to go after them. But there's some interesting mechanics. Like if you get killed while you are trying to teabag that person, you stack up, and, and the person that then teabags the stack gets a multiplier, and it can essentially change the course of the game. And so, played a few rounds of that, but and th- I was... doesn't that give way to, like, a bunch of people, like, camping and stuff, waiting for people to start teabagging? Probably. I mean, I was really terrible at the game, and okay. I... And I uh, I don't know if I successfully was able to you get a teabag in. You in a stack several times. I was in many stacks. That's like a human, yeah. They should make a human centipede game. They should. That. They should. Where you, where you don't want to end up in the middle of the human centipede. <laughs> you just want to end up in the you front. You want to be at the front. The front's right. the place to be if, in terms of human okay. centipedes. Okay, and that game's called Own. Oh, yeah. Owned, and so it's, uh, it it's like, I think it's like 25 bucks. It's early access right now on Steam, but um, I also had the opportunity to talk to the CEO of, of Skydance Interactive, whose name is Peter Ackman. Um, he was an old. He was a head of Treyarch back in the day. Wow. Um, who obviously went on to make some of the some of the great Call of Duty games. Uh, he was the head of a company called The Workshop as well, which made uh, a, a number of games, including. Uh, do you remember 
PlayStation Move back in the day. There was that like sorcery game that was all, like a storybook and like it was interactive. I never jumped on the PlayStation Move train. Nobody did. Nobody did. So Sony abandoned it really quickly. But that was one of the cool, kind of coolest aspects of it. It was like a mixture of uh, you know a real life storybook and and, uh, and and the video game. And so could they do? I mean, they could probably do something like that with this new technology. Oh, in a for much sure. More efficient. Way. Oh yeah. But yeah, both of the games were really cool, and I had a lot of fun with them. But it was the best part was talk, talking to Peter, and he was just so clearly. I mean, he's been in the industry forever, but just so passionate about both of these projects, and and you know, talking specifically about Owned, it's been. He said that they've been conceptualizing it for over seven years. So long before Skydance Interactive was a thing, this was part of the workshop, and it was something that they were working on in their spare time. And now it's finally getting to see the light of day. And he was just so passionate about both of the projects, and so it was really refreshing to talk to him. Um, so yeah, we were just kind of in the hallway at the Hard Rock Hotel, and all of a sudden, this uh, like little pug on a motorcycle yeah, went by. Doug the pug. Did you? Is that a real thing? Yeah, Doug the pug is like a popular Instagram. What? Yeah, in, I, in, in, in the Hard Rock on the rooftop was yeah. the WB party. Okay. And the Riverdale cast were all yeah. taking photo ops with Doug the pug. Oh my god! Yeah, I just I had no idea it was a thing, and all of a sudden this dog goes by on this, and I didn't see like anyone controlling the motorcycle or anything like that, so it was like very surreal and he had like goggles on and like Doug a leather the, jacket and stuff Doug the pug does not need a handler <laughs> it was and he was going back and forth and it was freaking incredible like that was I mean did you video it or anything I didn't because I had a, I was like oh. I had my phone like recording the, for the audio, audio for the interview <laughs> and it oh. well I, I'm pretty sure that with uh, with this little bit that you just gave us on Skydance Games well, we just regained our spot as the number one video game uh, podcast <laughs> on the Geekscape. Network. I mean, I don't think you ever lost it. Well, yeah, all I have to do is wait a week for there not to be a Geekscape. We have like a, we should get like a ranker list going of like the top video game podcasts on the Geekscape Network, and I think and horror let the movie fans night vote. would be like oh, number two. <laughs> uh, I, and I would guess that uh, Insight. What was it? Inside game, what was Depths of gaming. Depths of, Depths game. of gaming. <laughs> I mean, they're more consistent, more video game related. The Depths of gaming might be. Uh, I don't even know if that's our show. I don't know. I think it's a show that's camping with us. <laughs> it I is look, way I over my up, head. I look up and suddenly there's some guy posting shows to our website. <laughs> Jonathan, get control. That's the managing editor's job. The managing editor's been yeah. AWOL. Yes. Uh, what else we got? Uh, what else we got? What I mean, you, we've had... Well, have you been to going any parties? Uh, I've been... I mean, Shane's I not here this year, so yeah. he's usually the one that... Uh, yeah, gets pressures me going you. To that, pressures me into going to that stuff. Um, no, like we had, there's been a there's been things on each night I've been interested in going to, and then by the time we sit down for dinner, I'm exhausted. And after dinner, it, like yesterday, it was ten thirty by the time we finished dinner because some yeah. of these restaurants are so slammed. It took totally, us two yeah. hours to eat, yeah. and we end up rolling up to the places, and the parties end at like yeah. eleven, eleven thirty. Well, and yeah, and like going to the hotel first to like clean up, and then like by the time you're ready to go out again, it's like eleven or something. And a lot then of it's these like venues, at what point? A lot of these venues want to get the Comic Con crowd on a Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. They want to get them out by eleven, eleven yeah. thirty, so they can still start char- charging yeah. for the regulars to yeah. come in, or have some DJ come in and bring in the regulars. For sure, yeah. So. By the so time 11, 11, 30 yeah. rolls around, the parties are over. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a couple of things tonight that sound pretty cool. There's like this, uh, there's this Sonic event. What um, is that? It's, uh, it's, it's put on by Sega and McKellen's or something like that. Some, I like some liquor company. Oh, no. I, I was thinking of McFadden's, which is a bar where the Dragon oh, Ball yeah, no, was no, the Dragon no. Ball Z thing was. Uh, so it's some liquor company, uh, and they're just, it, it's like a Sonic celebration. And obviously Sonic Mania is coming out soon, which it sounds like you really had a good time with. I played 10 minutes of yeah. Sonic Mania yeah. before the floor opened and loved it. Yeah. And it, it, every bit of that game 
send me back to 1990-91 in <laughs> opening Sonic yeah. for the first time. Well, I, yeah. And I, it's very retro, but the songs are... Uh, the songs are as good as they were back in the yeah. um, 16-bit day, and the the controls are intuitive, and that which is a big thing for a Sonic totally. game these days to have intuitive controls because they re-simplified them back to the original Sonic controls. The levels are all well designed, and they're not they don't feel like they're rushed, uh, you know, callbacks to old levels. And I loved it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I cannot wait. That's gonna be that's a day one purchase. That's we were day talking, one purchase. You were talking about next video games. I think that comes out in August. Yeah, as I was well, like, so. what video game am I gonna get yeah. next for the Switch? Because not in love with Splatoon two, wasn't impressed by Arms, and now I'm I'm sitting here with my Zelda machine <laughs> and trying to figure. out I mean, what there's I'm that play Zelda next. DLC though. You can jump right back into that. If I hadn't already finished it. Oh, geez. come on, Derek! <laughs> You're playing with power. Uh, come on. You're playing with power. I got the host of Geekscape Games wondering what happens when you beat the game if you can keep playing yeah. it. I was yelling at my I was yelling at my car speaker yeah. listening to that episode yeah. where Dar- where Shane was it's like, a, I don't yeah. want to finish. You to call him and kick him off the show. That's why there hasn't been an episode since then. Is you're a, like, your show's done. I said, Shane. That's the end of your show. Do a little research. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And it's Freedom Force. <laughs> Freedom Force was a great game. Freedom Force was a great game. I, I think just, I still have a copy of I it somewhere. Yeah. yelling, like, come on. Yeah. I've got you guys over here not remembering names of games or what happens after you beat a game. I've got Courtney over here not knowing anything about Jane's Pond. <laughs> I guess you got to be old to just really know your stuff. Pretty much. And I've got 10 years on you guys, so that makes sense. Maybe I shouldn't advertise those things. <laughs> um, well, what else has been going on? So... You did those things. You had fun. What What about any panels? Did you do? Yeah, so I've been to a few panels. Uh, as I've, I mean, I've been expressing all over the place. I've become a professional wrestling fan in the past year yeah. and a half. Uh, so I had a really cool. The I attended the WWE and Mattel panel back on f- for Thursday, um, and so it was really neat actually because it just showed how big of a push push all the female superstars are getting at this point because literally the only wrestlers in attendance were all female so right. it was you know a lot of the biggest female names at this point so Charlotte Sasha Banks uh, Bailey Nikki and Brie Bella Renee Young was there um, it was a really really cool turnout and, and super passionate fans that were I mean it, at, at times it was almost hard to hear what the panelists were talking about because the fans were freaking out about everything so much but um, Mattel kind of got their stuff out of the way pretty quickly they announced a kind of a neat couple of new lines uh, for their WWE toy collection including a line of fashion dolls uh, for girls that you can you can uh, you know all the superstars you can change their excuse me outfits and everything like that but it was cool seeing the talent in a in an environment like that where it was uh, you know fans asking questions and then talking about their favorite career moments or the things that they're still looking forward to in their career or you know talking about their recent experiences like having a child and and trying to get back into ring shape after that and everything like that so stuff like that was really really neat um, I also had an opportunity to go to a panel for the upcoming Life is Strange expansion uh, that starts next month um, and so that was my favorite game of last year was Life is Strange and uh, getting an opportunity to see elements of this new game which is starting next month uh far before that was really really cool and just it, it's a different developer this time around because uh don't know the original developer is moving on to um a vampire game that's coming out next year that actually looks really really interesting but these guys are clearly very very passionate about the first game 
Um, and we actually had an opportunity to, they played the game live in front of us, and the crowd was actually able to uh, to make the decisions for the character. And so there was a, a Yeah, and so they, they, the decisions would pop up, and the crowd would just start start yelling out the answer that they wanted to choose. And, and so seeing this game played in in that sort of light was really, really cool. And it's, I was almost glad. Like, it's almost like Twitch plays Pokemon. Exactly, yeah. And so it was really neat to be a part of that. And, uh, yeah, it, it solidified my excitement for the game. And there was a lot of really, really interesting aspects like fans ask questions about things like the music which was uh, very very important and very integral to the first game and and you know so the developers talked about how things like you're playing a different character this time so it's still the music is still very important but also that they had to make some really interesting decisions because it's a different character with a different personality who has a different taste in music so you know the music is still very life is strange but you can't expect to, to hear the same sort of things that you were in the first game because you're playing as a different person and and talking about things like obviously one of the big mechanics of the original game was that uh, Max had the power to rewind time yeah. so it kind of turned that whole telltale aspect on its head because you could, if you made a poor decision or you wanted to change a decision you could always go back and see what the other outcome would be and this is playing a different character that doesn't have that ability so you know talking about talking about how to keep it feeling like 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 life is strange when you don't have that option at all so and what what about some of the social aspects of coming to comic-con what has been some of your the memories that maybe you will write in a diary entry <laughs> months from now yeah i mean i i've been i've been chronicling a lot i mean they they each day's post is is getting close to about three thousand words so there's a lot of that stuff already detailed in there but i mean i think as in every year but as cool as the stuff that you're seeing is and as cool as the things that you're doing are and and you know how once in a lifetime a lot of these things are like getting down and seeing all of these people that you know i work with and 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 talk to or would like to talk to on the regular and, and seeing everyone and hanging out with them and you know, creating those jokes again and everything like that. That's the stuff that you'll really remember. We got new jokes too. We got lots of. There's always new jokes. <laughs> there's always new jokes, and they always, you know, like they. These are the real memories: is hanging out with you and seeing Matt Kelly and 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 Gee and Josh and uh, and everyone else. That photo is you like, sent me of Josh playing the switch <laughs> at the dinner table. <laughs> yes. Puyo, Puyo? Yeah, he had to recreate the uh, the the other night at Lolita's. Uh, so, what's on the docket for today? For today, I, that's a great question. So there, um, I would like to actually walk the show floor. Okay. Um, I think you, know, you can do that. Yeah. So I'd like to walk, walk, walk more of the, check out things like Artist Alley. Um, the last few years I've been to the convention, I've, I've gotten a commission done for my dad for his birthday because his birthday is always around July. This year I don't have the money for that. So I got to find him a cool print or something like that in any case. Okay. Um, walk of the show floor. There's some, some cool stuff outside of the convention center again that I haven't had an opportunity to check out yet. Things like the Nintendo Lounge. I uh, never did it. I, I, I took a look at it yesterday. Yeah, and yeah I went yesterday morning. I remember years ago there was no line. Now this giant line, line yeah. folds several giant times line. over. But I really would love the opportunity to play Mario Odyssey and uh, you know before that comes out in October. <laughs> and so, is that worth the lineup or not? I guess we'll find out. But uh, Well, um, go experience that. Have we rejuvenated you enough to have a return next year? Oh, I, I mean, I'd, ideally, I'd like to come back every year, forever. So, um, I keep uh, this year as well, like in sharing these journals with my fiance, who has never received that detailed a report on on what I'm doing at Comic Con. Yeah. Like, it made her, you know, she's like, "I want to go, I want to go," and I'm like, "Start writing, like, start writing, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, make it happen." Um, all right, man. Uh, love you. We're gonna see more of you on the site. We might see more of you on Geekscape Games. 
<laughs> if we ever do another episode. Yeah, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you next time, dude. Go enjoy the floor. Sounds well, good, man. Geekscape is I'm here with the creators of Quince. It's a brand new book coming from our friends at Fanbase Press. We had Yehudi Mikardo on the show to talk about uh, Hero Hotel. And now we've got another Fanbase product. I don't think it's on shelves yet, but I'm here with Kit. Emma and Sebastian to tell me all about their book Quince and the amazing concept that I like immediately I was in love with the idea of reading this book I loved it so uh, I got three of you guys who wants to go first in the battle royale of telling me about where the idea came from for the book well, and all that first. okay Sebastian here we go uh, so the idea it's well it's a story of a young 15 year old girl who gets superpowers at her quinceanera and it originally came from going to quinceaneras and feeling like um it was such an emotional time that's very much like the time in uh, comic books when people get superpowers and it really reminded me of that really like that it would be set in a specifically cultural event and um, also the most meaningful is that uh, my nieces would run around dressed as superheroes and um, like Supergirl and Batgirl and I thought that was awesome but I thought it would also be awesome if there were more superheroes because they're Latina if there were more superheroes that reflected them and uh, that they can see themselves represented in and so she gets powers on her 15th birthday yes. and they last a year the yes. year only of the 15th they only last a year it's like Cinderella rules but if it were a year instead of till midnight yes. right and um, what are the powers or are the things that get that kind of evolve over the course of those 12 months Gosh, yes. Well, the, the powers, let's see if I can get them. There's, there's like, it's kind of Superman, so it's like ish. So it's like, she gets a bunch. She gets uh, to fly. She gets, she's telekinetic. She has super strength. She's a, we joke she's a little bit bulletproof. Like, bullets don't go through, but they leave pretty nasty bruises. That's yeah. very, um, I think, illustrative of, of who she is as a, super as a superhero. As her superpowers are, like, she's not cool and smooth when she uses them. Like, they take, they really take a lot out of her. She gets really tired and cranky. Like, she's kind of clumsy doing them. So it's like, it's very much, we wanted, even though she's, she's able to do a lot, um, it, it feels very grounded in, you know, physical activity is hard for normal people. Like, it's hard to run a marathon. It should also be hard to use superpowers. So, and the, but there's a really fun um, training montage, a few uh, issues in. It's like a very, it's, it's, it's like if Rocky was like a teen girl trained to be a superhero. So it's, um, it's it, that's a, that was a fun one. So she definitely gets better over the course of a year, but she's always a little clumsy and and uh, has a hard time with it. And Sebastian, you do the the pencil art or the, you do all the art or who does the art? Emma does all the art. Because on your Instagram it is Sebastian art. Yes, I so. am an artist, but I am an artist, but Emma was the artist for this. Her artwork is incredible and I knew right away she was the one that would bring Lupe to life. I'm fine never drawing Lupe in my life because what Emma has done is Lupe. Well, your work here is done. Anyway, Emma, one on one. Okay. So so you guys wrote the book. Or everybody writes the book. Well, okay. Kit is the writer on the book. What do you do here? Okay. <laughs> so, 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 so Kit writes the book. Yes. Emma draws it. Yep. And you it are. Idea, man. It was your idea. Yes. So I brought. The oh right, you them. said that earlier about yes. your nieces. Yes. You didn't so listen. They, they, no, I, I did, but I was still like, okay, in Hollywood, they would just be like, Kit, thanks, bye. Yeah, no. And they still kept you around. That is very gracious of them. Yeah, so gracious, so gracious. Um, yes, so I'm still involved in the creative process of it, and um, we discuss it. And uh, if there's any notes, which there are very few, uh, we discuss it. And, and um, when we, I had originally brought the idea and sort of an overall 
uh, outline or whatever. And then Kip and I sat down and talked about the sort of larger beats of what was going to happen and where the story was going to go. Um, and then, yeah, we all discuss everything. It's pretty collaborative in that sense. And Kip, did you, I mean, were there times that you guys had disagreements? It's so funny. I, I mean, no, that's the good thing. That's that's the thing about um, certainly notes, but there was no notes I ever was uh, you know shocked by or unwilling to do because that's I think that is really the mark of finding the right collaborators is they give you notes or thoughts and you wish you had thought of them. Like you're very much on the same page. They're, they're checking your blind spot. I think the one thing that we wrestled with a little bit and it wasn't even a fight. It was just uh, it took us a week to kind of figure out is what our heroine's superhero costume was going to look like. We went through a lot of iterations and we kind of were torn about where to go with it. But as far as everything else is, I mean, they definitely, they both give me great notes, but it's, um, but I always love their notes. And Emma, the artwork, yeah. I mean, obviously now that here's the hurdle of having to, to decide this costume for our hero, you were a big part of that, I'm guessing, as yeah. the artist? So I came to them with a bunch of pitches for costumes, and I think we're going to include some of those as special features in the in the pa- in the the trade paperback, which I'm very excited about because some of them are ugly. Um, <laughs> but uh, when I when, the one that they ended up loving the most was the one that I, I guess I had put the thought into it of... Um, Canonically, in the story, her abuela makes her superhero costume for her. So I had to put myself in the mind space of how a grandmother wants her superhero costume to look for her granddaughter, who she loves so much. And so there's a little bit of... uh, So it's bright, it's fun, it's colorful, it's comfortable, it's, like, functional. It's got a cool hood for disguising your head so no one knows that you're you. And it's got some, like luchadora elements and some like I was very inspired by like Jose Posada Calaveras um, so like those kind of design elements there's a little bit of heritage also so that was the one that ended up being the winner is uh, is it, it kind of hit all those points for us and now obviously we have a superheroine let's talk villains are the villains part of her personal life or, as a teenager or are they part of this other world that she's now actually fallen into from having superpowers? Uh, well, it starts much smaller. So the, mainly the stuff that she's dealing with in the beginning is uh, sort of her own limitations and... Lupe versus Lupe. Lupe versus Lupe, yeah. Her own limitations with everything. And then she kind of goes to street-level crime and then eventually there's a larger, bigger bad, which uh, may also have superpowers as well. Spoiler, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll just add to that is, and again, without doing spoilers, is, is you know, uh, Lupe as a superhero and very much represents uh, inclusivity and, and diversity. And I think, you know, readers will see our our antagonist is very much represents the opposite side of the spectrum and kind of everything that is anti- antithetical to um, inclusivity, which is exciting. Okay. Well, um, she's got these powers. It is a book that takes place over 12 months. Are there 12 issues? Or are there 15 issues? There are 15. There are definitely 15 issues uh, staying with that whole quince um, idea. And all 15 of those issues are currently available. Well, they're not all out yet, but every month they come out on the 15th of the month, um, both in English and in Spanish. And then uh, that'll all be collected into one trade paperback that comes out in October. This coming October. Yes. So right now, if you wanted to read the first couple issues of Kingsay, how many are out there right now? Nine. 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 So, you, so Geekscape is you can get nine issues so far, digital, online, in places like... Comixology. Yeah. So go to Comixology, read the first nine issues, you've got a handful left, and then you can get the whole thing collected from Fanbase Press in an English edition and a Spanish edition? 
Uh, currently, it's just the English edition that's going to be collected into a trade paperback. Gringo racista. No. We're hoping that we'll be able to do it in Spanish as well, but it's a money. Sure, sure, of course. So Geeks gave us, they're relying on you. You guys can save them by, uh, especially, I mean, you guys can you guys can get them a Spanish edition by going out there and getting the book right now. I'm hoping that it's selling well right now on places. I hope that it's popping off on places like Comixology. Are people... Com- it's doing well, but uh, I would also say that the it, you are, it is available for pre-order. If you want to pre-order it now, the English edition, we can go ahead and uh, the more that that sells, uh, any of that helps to, to get more copies made. So We would definitely love for Geekscapers to show up for Quince. So Geekscapers, get yourself to Fanbase Press pre-order this uh, this English-speaking gringo edition of Kingston. Uh, there's no shame in that. I know you're doing it in the hopes that your Hispanic brothers and sisters can then read the book in Spanish soon. As a man who is on both sides of the world, as a half-Mexican, half-Texan boy, I gotta tell you, uh, let's do it for them. Go to Fanbase Press or maybe Amazon. You can maybe pre-order the book. Definitely Fanbase Press. Fanbase Press, KingsayComic.com um, and for yeah, for the pre-order, it's quinceacomic.com. But you can read the entire thing um, digitally in, in, in Spanish. So, so no matter what, we are we are here for our Spanish readers. All right, I'm just hoping to get it in the libraries and stuff. <laughs> too, you know, yeah. that'd be awesome. Especially because we can like so we can like just uh, I'm, I'm trying to yeah I'm trying to think of a like a, a grassroots solution. Yeah. <laughs> but now uh, one last question. Uh, I remember going to all my cousins' quinceañeras back in Guadalajara. Is there a scene with that little cake that they put the toys into, <laughs> and if you get the slice with the toy in it, you get you know what I'm talking about, right? The little is, is there in, is it in there? You have to read it to find out. You see that geeks gave us? That's called a hook. <laughs> All right. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, you're gonna have to get the book. We told you where to get it. I want to thank you guys, Kit, Sebastian, Emma, for joining me here on Geekscape, the Comic-Con edition. And uh, we wish nothing for the best for you and our beloved family over at Fanbase Press. We love you, Barbara and Bryant. And uh, Geekscape, you know what to do. Over and out. Geekscape, I'm sitting here with Andre Gower, Ryan Lambert. You guys may recognize them from the classic Monster Squad, but you know what? They've got a new thing out. It's this podcast over at, is it Geek and Sundry or Nerdist? Well, our TV show's uh, called Short Ends is, is that? at Alpha. That's, an, oh, it, oh, That's at Project so it's a, Alpha. It's a video show. Our show, Short Ends, yeah. uh, is hosted by Ryan and I, and it's on uh, on Alpha, so you can go to uh, uh, projectalpha.com. Which is like a combination of Nerdist and Geek and Sundry. Correct. That's all their kind of premium content that's uh, subscriber-based there in that universe, which is rad. And um, Ryan and I host a show that I created earlier this year called Short Ends, and we showcase short films, and we talk to the filmmakers. So it's just another platform for um, you know filmmakers that make shorts that you know get into festivals or may not get into festivals, because a lot of people don't get to see short films, and these can sometimes be you know career starters or part of a larger anthology or something to introduce this concept and a studio or a producer or a company likes it and they can expand it into a full feature length, which we've had some of those examples already on our first season. Yo, that's crazy. And you guys have been doing it for a couple months. You've already got some success stories. Uh, what made you guys want to celebrate other filmmakers? I mean, we've all been celebrating you guys for 30-plus years because we all grew up with you guys as the Monster Squad. Like, you guys were our friends. We wanted to be in the Monster Squad with you guys. We wanted to go on adventures with you guys. And now uh, we celebrate you guys here at the Geekscape booth. And you guys are out there celebrating other filmmakers. It's a pretty amazing altruistic thing you guys are doing. Or, or I mean, how do you see it, Ryan? 
Well, uh, we're both huge fans of film in general, all genres, all types of films. Um, I particularly love short films, and I know one day Andre and I were just talking. Andre said, "You know, like where do you get to see short movies? Right. Like where? Like if you're not like uh, going to film festivals, or you're not like." getting them up for screeners at Oscar time, where do you get to see them? So Andre came up with this great concept of um, kind of like a hosted show where uh, we kind of curate uh, the, the best of the best out there and, um, you know, do little, little like themes each week. You know, we'll do a comedy episode, we'll do a, a horror episode, and then like documentaries. Um, and that's kind of just where it's done from, you know. And where do people submit them? Like, if I'm a filmmaker and maybe I'm listening to this and I've got a short for you guys and I'm scared of just dumping it on the wasteland of YouTube, which has been where a lot of these things go, uh, where do we get it? Where do we get your attention? Uh, con- contact the folks at, um, at Alpha. You can kind of either chat or email them. Uh, you can also uh, contact Ryan and I at our website, which also hosts our podcast. Uh, that's uh, hello at ryanandandre.com. So that kind of general website is ryanandandre.com, and that's where you can see or see the info for our podcast, which is called Squadcast. And, and that's like a celebration what, of the Monster Squad. That's kind of a, well, it's a celebration it? of um, just about um, all the kind of crazy uh, BS that Ryan and I talk about every day. <laughs> it's It started out with Ryan and I just uh, who, honestly, Ryan and I are... Very similar in some aspects, but we're completely different, so we make a great duo. And usually our fans, you know, tune in just to hear Ryan and I shooting the shit about random nothingness or something specific, and it usually goes off the rails or go off on a tangent. And then we started having awesome guests on our show, you know, so we've had like uh, Jackson Stewart and Chase Williamson from Beyond the Gates and um, uh, uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie and stuff like that. He's our current guest that's uh, airing right now. Uh, we've got Lou Temple from Walking Dead and, uh, you know, all of Rob Zombie movies. And we've had just a bunch of other, you know, cool people. We did Joe Bob Briggs and Wayne That White. would be a dream. Yeah. We got Joe Bob Briggs when we were at the Chattanooga Film Festival. And, um, you know, we just have a lineup of great guests. And But a lot of people just like it when it's Ryan and I talking. So we, tr- we try to give uh, an episode of that every once in a, once in a while. So uh, we kind of recap, like, every couple months and, and just kind of be stupid and so honestly Geekscape is if you did grow up like me wanting to hang out with the Monster Quad that is the closest thing you're going to get is that podcast uh, I mean that's what you guys have it for ryanandandre.com right that's correct that's the website and you, as filmmakers you are you guys what are you guys working on let's catch up uh, yeah we've got some uh, super secret mystery projects going on right now um, I wrote a pilot for something that um, sort of like a insight into what I've ba- basically been doing for the last 20 years which is living in San Francisco and playing in bands and um, basically just kind of living life and uh, so I wrote kind of a TV show surrounding that so we're trying to get that made right now um, you know, I've been writing some music as well, so we'll see if I'm, you know, going to start a band. Soon. The website would be the place to find it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can follow me at uh, Ryan Lambert one one one. That's my Instagram and uh, Twitter handle. So I'm always posting stuff there, and um, all my updates are, are there. Or you can check out RyanAndre.com. And what are you working on, brother? Uh, like Ryan said, we've actually worked. We got a couple other projects other than short ends that we're kind of, t- you know, working, um, you know, in cahoots with. Uh, we've got a doc, uh, 
documentary project that's in the middle of production that uh, will be announced uh, kind of officially very soon, so keep your eyes out for that. And you fans might be really interested in that one. Our so fans might sure, be really interested in that. Be following these guys on social. That's right. And then um, I have actually have a, a, a TV show concept that's in the final stages of a, of a deal. Uh, that takes forever. That's just you know anybody in this business knows that takes we forever. Just, we were just talking about that. Like, come on, man! How yeah. many how and, many and bricks do I got to punch? This is a totally different one. That's been yeah. like an eight month process. And uh, you know, I'm I'm now um, I'm developing and kind of shopping around um, about five or six different projects. Some are features, some are TV shows, some are kind of premium series type stuff. That you know, I just go around and use the you know the relationships and uh, great contacts and things that I've built over the years to uh, just have that access and really, you know, create an opportunity for some of these great features and books and screenplays. So it's, uh, I like making movies and making TV shows, so let's go do that. <laughs> that's a good place to start. Uh, sorry, Geekscape, that's a pr- pretty good place to end on. If you guys want to follow uh, Andre, you can get him on Twitter and Instagram at? Uh, Twitter is at uh, Andre Gower, and uh, Instagram is Andre Gower Official. Yo guys, thanks for signing at the booth, man. Good talking to you guys. No, th- is this thing is it yeah. was this on? Yeah. Is this thing on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Check maybe, one. Maybe. Check, check one. <laughs> Bye guys. Escapists, I'm here huddled behind the Geekscape booth with our very own Courtney Dossett, sometimes host of the Geekscape Games podcast. Not because she occasionally appears, because the podcast occasionally appears. <laughs> um, and we were huddled behind the booth during Daniel Corey's Blood Wars signing, and um, it is the last day of Comic Con. So, Courtney, how's been your experience? How, how has your experience been? I don't even put words in order anymore. It's been amazing. Um, everyone has been really nice. Everybody seems to know everybody. Um, I'm pretty sure I've accidentally hung out with famous people that I didn't know were famous until afterwards. That's weird for me. Um, but I've loved it. Uh, my feet don't love it, but I want to come back and do this again. This is your first Comic-Con? My first con, period. This is your first con, period? First con okay. period. Okay. Um, so what are your impressions about... It's like, great. This is my... Yeah. What, what, that's that's quite, the, quite the con to start with. Um, <laughs> what are your impressions of it? Um, how has it been being uh, meeting some of the Geekscapists like myself first uh, for the first time in, in, in person? And uh, what are the highlights? Um, well, like, getting to meet you guys is cool because I was really nervous because I don't I like social anxiety about meeting people, but because it's been really great. You guys are like family. It's like we've always known each other. I feel like I live in California now. Um, <laughs> as far as the con goes, my first thing that I was thinking when I was walking around was like, what a logistical nightmare this must be, but how much fun it must be to like try and have to figure out how to put it together. Um, and then, like, as I've been walking around, I've been thinking, like, hey, it'd be really nice if we could improve some of the logistics here, <laughs> like, directional walkways so people can't just run into you or stop in the middle of the walkway because that's a sin and you shouldn't do that. And if you do it again, a sin. it's a sin. And which, which, which Bible verse is that? <laughs> Who said it was the Bible? That's very, that's very It is. It is very Christian. Yeah, I'm, uh, excuse me, Catholic. Uh, raised Catholic. But, uh, you if know. You stop in the middle of the walkway to answer a text message. You're going to hell. You, or whatever Courtney's version of hell yeah, is. You, you're, I'm, I'm going to dropkick you to hell. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, there so are people who will world. walk in front of you, and then they'll, they'll immediately just stop. Uh, and unless there are a lot of people head down with phones. That wasn't as big of a problem 10 years ago. Uh, I've started to uh, use a method called hugs, where I'll walk around, and if somebody's just not getting out of the way... I'll go, 
I'll, I'll yell hugs and I'll start putting my arms out like I'm going to totally hug them and uh, <laughs> and so if somebody's just lollygagging and not paying attention I'll wake them up with like a loud hugs try and put my arms around them and that usually wakes them up because most people don't want a stranger hugging them uh, especially in a crowded place like this where the germs are a flying and a lot of people are usually sick by Sunday I'm getting sick. you're getting sick as well um, I think I'll be fine knock on wood we got a few hours left but um, the, try employing the hugs technique because people do not want to get hugged and it will get their asses out of your way. Here's the problem with that. Um, I am a small girl and people do want hugs from me because random people, like I had some guy hitting on me the other day. I don't want that. I'm just here to have fun, guys. But um, I did have one girl this morning because like I'm on like full full bitch mode this morning. I'm like, I just want to go get to my appointment. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. And this girl stopped in front of me and I think like I brushed past her and knocked her drink out of her hand and it fell on the ground and was like, well, that's what you get for stopping. Yeah. And he just kept walking. That's what you get for being stupid. Don't stop. Um, the only other thing that, like, the only one thing I did not like at all was all of these evangelical Christian bullshit that's been coming around. Yeah, they say stopping is a sin. <laughs> they don't say stopping is a sin. They just seem to have like some kind of like generic hatred for the con and i don't understand that and like false gods courtney false gods gods. american gods great show um but like if you want me to like respect your ministry do something positive like instead of handing out pieces of paper that are going to end up on the ground or in the ocean we're in san diego yeah or in the ocean which is a big problem um like go and help all the homeless people Go distribute food and water to them so that I could see that. And then maybe I'd be more interested in hearing your message. Yeah, leading my example doesn't necessarily... Uh, I, I, I don't see it with them. Um, hey, Matt, what are you doing? Don't worry about me. Are you wrapping up your t-shirts already? Are you wrapping up your t-shirts or our t-shirts? I'm just taking my shirts off. Why? Are you done selling your t-shirts? Oh, Matt's putting himself front and center. Uh, it's good. Matt's like a privateer. He's like, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Now it's time to just do me. Uh, guys, do not listen to the Horror Movie Night podcast. Um, anyway, uh, as we were saying uh, here on Geekscape, um, what has been like some of the highlights of your uh, trip here? Um, I think my favorite thing that I've done was the Critical Role panel still. Like, getting to sit there. I accidentally sat with like all of their friends and some of the people who've been on the show and I didn't even know. Um, but everybody was like really friendly and wanted to chat and the panel was amazing um, watching them like interact with fans in real life you can see like they're like that actually in real life they're not they're not putting on a show to get donuts online or anything because like people send them food someone actually brought them donuts to their panel and like passed them out at the beginning of the panel it was fantastic um, but yeah like getting to see that was amazing getting to see their new comic book was amazing um, and like, I think that was the thing I was the most excited for here was just going to go and get to go and see them and be in the same room as them. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've done some stuff with Geek and Sundry and Nerdist. Uh, I like a lot of the, the critical role people. Uh, I definitely appreciate just how popular they've, they've become. I don't get it. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I love them. I do, but it's, uh, watching someone else play role playing. It feels like a let's play, but for role playing. And I don't, I don't totally get the appeal. Beyond just the fact that they're they're very funny and very talented, but like I don't, I don't get it. I want to hear their story. So for me, it's like watching a movie or reading a book. 
um, but it's it's getting to listen to like Matt Mercer's story, and then as a DM, like I look for ways to like make my games better and improve the experience for my players, and and learn not to railroad them and force them down a path and let them kind of have fun. So I use it as kind of like a like a dual. Like this is what I do. I listen to it while I'm doing something else, um, but it's like a learning tool for me because I I love D and D. And, and do they stay in character the whole time? They have to say, or do they sometimes fall out of character and just oh, no? no? I don't they know. They fall out of character all the time. It's and that's the best. Like th- sometimes they're sometimes they're like making fun of each other, and sometimes they're just in their character. I don't think I've ever seen where like on a normal, like they don't like RP so hard where like they have to come in in costume even though they're on the stream and like everything else. They're just like a bunch of fr- it's like it's like being in a room with your friends playing D and D, and I love that. Okay, okay, I'm starting to get the uh, appeal for sure. Um, what about some of the announcements that happened over the weekend? Like, uh, are there any big ones that you were like, wow, I spent this morning watching, or maybe last night, it blended into the morning because I was so tired, <laughs> watching, like, the new Justice League trailer, and I uh, watched the uh, the Defenders trailer and the new trailer for Stranger Things 2. Uh, it is all kind of blurring together. Everything does seem kind of totally consistent by this point because it's all franchise building. Uh I do, uh, you know what? I do like the new Thor Ragnarok trailer. You get a little bit more of the plot, um, but uh, for the most part, I've been missing a lot of that stuff. Have there been big announcements or anything that happened over the weekend where you're like, "Damn, that's awesome"? Um, I haven't really been paying attention to most of the mainstream stuff. The one thing that I was excited like for um, is the new Hearthstone expansion that's coming out, and I kind of knew about that before, but um, I did get to sit down with Blizzard and talk with them about it, and it cleared up a whole bunch of misconceptions I had about the new expansion so that was really nice so now I'm really hyped to go back and play Hearthstone again um but like other than that I didn't pay attention to any of the big ones um Digital Domains though they're doing this VR experience it's another storytelling thing um not a game but it's called The Monkey King and they're like they let me come and talk with them and talk with the developer and experience it and it made me actually consider buying PS VR because it was that cool yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm still not totally sold on VR. I, uh, I, it, it, it kind of keys into my claustrophobia a little when I put those things on. I'm like, okay, how quickly can I get out of this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. this is fun and great. Uh, get me out of this damn helmet. I want to see the real world, and I want to have a context of where I'm standing. See, and, and I don't like. I don't know if I just trick myself or what, but I've, I'm, I feel like I'm actually there. And and they did so good with their graphics like their graphics are really really good it's still really stylized so like it's accessible for children i think um but like i don't know like for me like i like being in a vr and i think theirs was probably like the most detailed graphically that i've been in i've been in some ones where like i did um an underwater experience was supposed to be because you know me i'm bio nerd um and that felt like kind of cheap and and gross um, but this was really nice. Like, you felt like you were actually part of the story, that you could follow it. It was a movie you could be a part of. So that, I was really excited for that. Um, speaking of VR, I also did see that Ready Player One trailer for Spielberg's movie. Have you read the you, no, you don't, I haven't seen that yet. It released. It's um, Ty Sheridan, and he's living in, like, the Cleveland. Cleveland is basically all, like, this giant slums. And I think the, quote-unquote, real world of Ready Player One, they've done a really good job of capturing. The other stuff kind of feels, again, like Regret Ralph kind of took their... Kind of, kind of stole their lunch, um, and it feels like a more adult version of Wreck-It Ralph that he sees in this VR world that is the center of Ready Player One. Um, you know, there's Freddy Krueger, and there is 
the Iron Giant and all these different references, and it is cool to see those all together. Um, and it was very CGI, though. and uh, I don't see how you do that not CGI. So that can't really be a realistic complaint for me. Uh, that being said, um, we're gonna have to wait and see. This was just a teaser trailer, and uh, it, everybody's excited about this movie. Um, that's kind of that's kind of some of the stuff that I've I've been I've been seeing on the periphery from being here in the booth. Uh, Geekscape, as I got to tell you that I did sign up for the booth already for next year. The deposit's been dropped. Uh, we will be back, and this has been a really awesome year for us. We had it. the Loot Crate giveaway box was a total success. Uh, we've given away all of our promotional items, and uh, tons of people come by the booth, uh, both old and new Geekscapists. And I feel like uh, the brand is on an upswing. Uh, the shows are on an upswing. It's been really good to promote the podcasts and really focus people on who we are. We're a network. We have, we, and we have some opinion articles on the site. Uh, so now when people ask us what Geekscape is, and they've never heard of us, we got a really focused way of telling us, don't worry guys, it's only been 10 plus years, we're <laughs> slowly figuring this thing out. Uh, so I think as far as Geekscape is concerned, this is a pretty effective year. Um, is there anything that you would be looking forward to maybe doing differently next year? Um, more blister band-aids. <laughs> um, and then like, I'm an organization person, I like having a plan and knowing who's where and knowing what's going on. So I think that now that I kind of understand how cons work, that I can try and push that with people a little bit earlier. I know that a lot of it's last-minute planning, but I like, uh, the, I like having... The signing schedule is last-minute only because yeah. we don't really know where everybody's going to be. And they keep telling us, like, I'll start emailing them in May. They'll be like, oh, I don't know my con schedule yet. I don't know my con schedule yet. And then SDCC doesn't really release panels until two three weeks out and then that doesn't help it either because people try and set up meetings and et cetera et cetera but it'll be awesome having you there it's much better than my brain yeah so i did i mean i tried this year like i tried get like i set up some some spreadsheets and i set up some calendars and that really helped because then i can look and be like oh well adam and natalie are off doing this thing and derek's over here and that kind of just helped with like kind of keep track of everybody and know what people who's covering what so we're not doubling up on stuff so Next year, I'm pushing for more more spreadsheets. <laughs> well, you're definitely one of the uh, MVPs of Geekscape now. It's awesome having you in the family. Uh, Geekscape, is, this is still a community that you guys started, uh, and it was started for you. So you guys keep it going, and it's been pretty awesome having you. Uh, Courtney, I just saw my screenwriting manager walk past. I'm going to go chase him down. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show, Geekscape. Keep listening to the Comic-Con Spectacular. Geeks gave us. I'm here with Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson from the. Uh, which I mean, you guys do so many things together. But we're, we're, I know we just did a signing for the Geek History Lesson podcast, which you guys have been hosting for how long? Uh, about three years now. Okay, and uh, they just did a signing. Actually, like a meet and greet. I wasn't here for it. <laughs> I, I'm a very errant. Uh, uh, booth owner, so uh, I was elsewhere, and you guys ended up doing this uh, this signing. How'd it go? It went amazing. We've been doing events at Geekscape for a while now, and this year we drew a crowd, which yeah, was so nice. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like we've really been pushing you guys, so we were hoping that the uh, critical mass on the exposure was going to really hit this year. But you know, I'm, I'm sick of carrying it. I'm sick of carrying what you guys do and making sure. Well, I mean. I, I gotta have somewhere for my $50 bills to go in your back pocket, you know? I mean, if, if you're not gonna carry us anymore, then what do I do with those? So, like, spend it on shirts? We're, spend, we're, we're spending it on the booth, and uh, and it's been a good year. This has been a fun year for Geekscape. We've been a lot of, uh, we've had a lot of people here, and it, 
it's been a popular booth. I'm very excited. This has been our most popular year, so I'm happy with it. And if we can share the love, obviously, with you guys, then that's what the booth is for. We're sitting here doing this during somebody else's signing. The the folks from Fanbase Press have this book, Hinks. It is. It, I was. I've Geek's seen. Egg. Yeah, Geek's I've egg. seen the Geek State booth for a couple years now. Yeah, and this is like very energetic, man. It's awesome here. It's it's kind of like a little geek little party going on here. We try to. Can we, we stress that that fanfare is not intentional, but they're here celebrating how amazing Geekscape is with all of us. <laughs> so, guys, I wasn't here for it. You guys had a lot of people come out for the meet and greet. Uh, you've been doing this show for three years. Geekscape is, if you're not subscribed to uh, Geek History Lesson, you, you need to because it'll help you look smarter to all your friends when you say things like, oh, you know the origin of that character was, or Blink. Oh, you know the best issue of that run was, or you know that character was originally created as Blink. It's a really great, um, as, as the title suggests, history lesson for some of your favorite characters. And what is the format? So we actually have it down to a complete science. We like to structure it like a university classroom. We call uh, everyone who listens our students. It is the mind university of geek history lesson. We begin with a 10 cent origin where we give you all the basic constructs, creators, and power sets behind a character. Then we move into meet cute, which if you're a writer, you definitely learn that term. And it is the first time we met that character and how cute it was. For me, it's usually Batman the Animated Series. For Jason, it's usually Wizard World or uh, Wizard Magazine. Wizard Magazine. Wizard Magazine. Wizard, 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 Wizard World was their uh, their website. Wizard World is what they became after they went bankrupt. There, there's a lesson for you. And then everyone moved to work at DC. Uh, and then after that, yeah, they do. It's true. Uh, and then we have like the the lion's share of it is just the lesson going through the entire chronological history of a character, which is both exhausting and amazing to do. And if we're really lucky or if it's a really special episode, then sometimes we have uh, guests on. We just have Ben Percy on, who's currently working on Teen Titans and Green Arrow, DC Rebirth. Uh, Tom King, the writer of Batman, came on and talked to Riddler about us and like gave us a look into the psyche. But it's all about like taking these names, these characters that you're going to start seeing in all these movies, all these TV shows, and allowing you to get an understanding of them through the history or through the psyche of this character so yeah so you can look smarter than all your friends you can be ahead of the curve I think what you guys are doing is a very good public service it's educating these kids who want to be know-it-alls let's face it all of us geekscapists want to be know-it-alls and look smarter to all their peers when you go and see the latest DC or Marvel movie um, you guys are you guys are doing some really good stuff um, and are there what character have you guys not done? Because how many episodes are you guys in? We just crossed one seventy. So. Oh, so there's plenty of characters out there. <laughs> what I, like? What is your dream character that you guys haven't done? And maybe you're waiting for the right time in pop culture to to be like, oh, now we can finally do it because we're being introduced in this movie, TV show, cartoon, whatever it is. Oh, we haven't done Nightcrawler yet, and Nightcrawler is my absolute favorite X person. Uh, gender neutral term there so I'm dying hopefully with the Dark Phoenix saga to finally be able to do Kurt Wagner the incredible Nightcrawler yeah mine is the Legion of Superheroes because we know that if we do the Legion of Superheroes it's going to have to be a three part episode because their history has been retconned and changed so much but it's also like we don't just want to throw the Legion of Superheroes out there because they are so complicated that definitely they're going to have to show up on Supergirl or they're going to have to be in a DC movie for us to tackle it because they're so dense, they're so convoluted that you're going to need some sort of base reference to even understand what the hell we're talking about when we say Timberwolf. <laughs> yes, I, there are a lot of them. And uh, they do roll back, but I always heard this rumor that they were going to try and tackle it as a TV show, The Legion. Yep. Or they're, I mean, 
you do hear these flirtations with Hollywood that they're going to do this. Do you think that it's just too daunting to be like, okay, where, where do we even begin in the history to tell the story about a bunch of time-traveling... They're time-traveling. I mean, they're from they the are. future. They and are. it's like, where do we even start? They're almost time-hopping themselves right out of any kind of Hollywood representation. They're sort of con- convoluted because you think about it, they are time-traveling superheroes yeah. who ride around on a spaceship. So they're Star Trek... Doctor Who and Superman mixed into the same property, which is pretty complicated. Yeah, like how do you pitch that in elevator? You don't. Uh, <laughs> and, and Superman used to toy around with them, but Superboy did too. And, and uh, Supergirl, Supergirl Super led Girl. them, and yeah. she dated Brainiac Five. But they have been on a number of TV shows. Uh, there was uh, Super, was it Superman and the Legion of Superheroes, the cartoon show, and then they showed up on Smallville for like a whole entire second. And Monel was a big part of the last season of Supergirl. You're right, they did show up on Smallville. Yeah, so they they have been, like you they said, they've been flirting with TV, but they've never quite pulled it off. They are complicated. They are complicated. But I'll tell you this, uh, to the CW Network that is watching, uh, uh, please call me for my pitch on the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Five member cast. uh, It worked for Archie, just in space. Let's go. Sold. We're sold. We we can't be spending any more on that than we already do on on, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. We're sold. This sounds great. That's right. We're doing it. We'd be way cheaper than Legends of Tomorrow. Okay, so I'm thinking just between you and I, I'm thinking that the Nightcrawler episode comes before the Legion of Superheroes episode. You're probably right. You already on Geekscape, you guys have semi-educated the audience. So you you guys can't help but do this. Um, How's it been going to the con? Like, have you guys gotten a chance to see anything? Uh, we walked around a little bit. Uh, we went to this one booth in the corner. Uh, um, think uh, it's called Geekscape. Oh no no uh, yeah. Tweeterhead. Tweeterhead. We went to Tweeterhead, and, and one of the coolest things about my, my regular day job is you know I'm the YouTube host for DCL Access, and if I tell them who I am or they figure it out, some of these booths around the con this this year only would would give me stuff. They uh, 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 Geekscape gave us free t-shirts the first year we were here. Oh, that's uh, right. You that's know right. what? You guys can still do free t-shirts. Yeah. But Tweeterhead handed me a miniature version of the Bottle City of Candor. And if you're a Superman Don't open fan, that. Frank Miller says don't open that. Oh, really? <laughs> Frank, Frank Miller in Dark Knight 3 says do not open that. They're a bunch of ass, they're, they're an asshole Kryptonian cult. Do not open that. Yep, that will kick our asses and make Batman young again. I get it. Uh, um, but yeah, they just gave it to me. And I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Why does this product exist? What if they gave it to you and they're like, yeah, that'll be 300 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here you go. That'll be 300 I probably would have tossed it back at them. Uh, I think they're 50 I don't think they're that pricey, okay. which is really great. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, and, and getting around has been good. Have you run into anybody on the floor? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like a lot of great fans and stuff like that. A lot of like a lot of Geek History Festival fans that we had at the Geek Save Meetup. We ran into the previous, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're coming to the meetup. We'll see you then. And they're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then they showed up. They weren't and, just and BSing. And then they showed up. They were not BSing us. They actually, we saw several people several times. Um, you ran into me on the floor. I did run into you on the floor, <laughs> literally. I almost, uh, uh, I almost, he almost punched, body checked me I almost, hard. I almost, like, punched Jonathan in the face because uh, I thought I, he was a stranger. I saw Jason, <laughs> I saw Jason walking past, I, kind of near the booth, and I was walking back to the booth, and I saw Jason, and he did, so did not see me. And I was just going to do the silent stare where I just stand in one place and silently stare at him. And as he was clearly angling to get around me because this weirdo is not moving, I stuck out my elbow to catch him. And then he started going around the elbow, so I leaned into him. <laughs> like, dude, you're not going to be able to get around me without acknowledging who I am. And he was so tired, and I'm guessing hangry, because he's like, he turned with like this venom. <laughs> he, he turned like, I'm going to fucking check this guy to the wall. And he was like, ready. He almost got into a fucking battle stance. 
and I, I had no, I, I just had to hug him. I was yep. like, no, no, don't kill me, don't kill me. You made a sound almost exactly like that. Yeah. I was like, I love you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now try and kill me. I've, I've been sleepily not recognizing half my friends at the con today, so. That's fine, that's fine. Um, all right, guys, anything you want to see before you leave San Diego? Uh, you know, no, I think we've, it's interesting. This year, I, I kind of think we've seen it all. Like, I, I, you know, I would love to see a really cool Supergirl this year because the show is great. And I haven't seen a lot of Supergirl. I haven't seen a lot of CW Supergirl panel. And her panel is today. So I would love to, like, pass by a really cool-looking TV Supergirl. That would be awesome. Um, I actually saw a man in the full Supergirl costume with the wig outside the DC booth earlier. So I'm sorry that you didn't get a chance to see him. Uh, everything that I still want to see is just like my friends that we haven't run into yet. That's the best thing about Comic-Con and having a place like Geekscape to come by is you get to see all the people that you love in the most amazing and horrific place imaginable. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I like having this little 10 by 10 place to escape from uh, the crowd so nobody elbows me into a wall. It's a nice refuge. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you. I'll see you guys back in L.A. Thanks for doing the appearance here at the booth. Always. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Absolute pleasure. I love you too. And guys, Geek History Lesson. You subscribe to it on iTunes or check it out on the Jaywin. Uh, it's it's on YouTube.com. YouTube, YouTube.com. It's Jawin. on Spotify. And Spotify. Yeah. So wherever you guys find your regular podcasts. We're here at the Geekscape booth at Comic-Con with... John Morrison, John Hennigan, Johnny Mundo. I don't know how to... The man with the most John-based ring names in the history of the business. I think that's true. You can Google it. Uh, and you may have just seen him on Netflix's Glow. Salty the Tech Johnson. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> I, uh, I agree. It was really fun to be a part of Glow. I immediately called Paul up, and it was salty because I know Chavo offered him a chance to be part of it, and he took like a wrestling gig. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, like... We, none of us really knew how good Glow was going to be. Glow blew up to be um, even bigger than I expected. Dude, Glow, but it was phenomenal. The writing, the acting. I've been going on for weeks on this podcast about Glow. I love it so much. Uh, with John Mark, Mark Marin kills it. Um, I love Allison Brie. Uh, the whole the whole cast. All those girls did so well. But um, the uh, I got the audition for Glow actually just through my agent. Really, Chavo, and, um, it wasn't through Chavo. No. And then um, and then I called Chavo because I knew he was stunt coordinating Glow. And I was like, hey, bro, just so you know, I just auditioned for Salty the Sack Johnson. Um, <laughs> could, I, could you put in a word? I don't know. You probably got Genji on speed dial. Tell her, uh, tell her I don't suck. And um, that, that's what happened. They, were, they had it narrowed down, Chavo said, to, uh, to I think like three or so guys. And um, he like just happened into the, a meeting and was like, hey, I know John. He's great. And um, that was it. Yeah, no, it helps when you got somebody there you've been working for for like what, 10, 15 years to yeah. to help put the word in. And, and then we it also was though that the uh, they liked the audition tape, which uh, oh, not to take away cool. from you, Brad. no, no, not but, to like, take away from you. But um, because Chavo like uh, has told me that um he's gotten hit up by maybe a hundred wrestlers and divas well, yeah. and female wrestlers. Everyone wants to be a part of Glow, and um he told me that uh he couldn't have done anything if it wasn't like through the proper channels first. Right. But then he sealed it for me for sure. Right. I uh yeah, uh, guys if you haven't seen Netflix's glow, definitely go see it and look for and listen for the man you're listening to right now in episode one. And hopefully we get to see more of you. I got it there's gotta be a second season. I love this show so much. I think they're they're gearing up to start shooting second season in September already. Hey man, nothing's been announced, so let's use uh, it as a rumor for now. But uh, well, I would be happy this to hear it. It's the that. internet, so if yeah. you hear it here it's definitely true. <laughs> And then we can Probably also see true. you right now. They're, they're airing the fourth season of Lucha Underground right now, right? Is that the yeah. fourth or the third? Uh, we're on the third. There's just a big hiatus. 
So this is season three, part two. That was recorded like, <laughs> I mean, Over I, a year I ago. remember when Paul was taping it, and it was yeah. like, hey, I think we're going to go right back at, nope, we're not, yeah, nope. Yep, we're not back, no, we're going to take a little bit more of a break, uh, a little bit longer of a break. And now um, this is uh, also something you're hearing on the internet, which is probably true. We're going to start shooting season four of Lucha Underground this fall. That'd be awesome. Uh, I know Paul's super excited about it. He's like a fish in water. Yeah. I feel like he's always trying to put over these ridiculous ideas, and he finally got a ridiculous idea over, and people are really receptive to it. Well, because it's perfect. I mean, the the ridiculous idea fits because Paul's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's believable. I mean, he's doing a really good job as the leader of the Rabbit Tribe, and um, I, I get super excited. The, the match that he had against uh, Mil Muertes, uh-huh. when I saw him, I was like, dude, he is like loving every minute of that. And it's cool to watch somebody that's loving what they're doing. Right, and Paul can still move and do all that stuff. I, I haven't gone to a lucha tape. Oh, he's dialed in. Like his his shooters are dialed in. His uh, his strikes is is dialed in, and his psychology has always been um, way above average. That's awesome, man. And how are you loving it? Um, same for me. Like I, I feel like um, I, I was lucky enough to be uh, to be in from, from episode one, and um, I mean, it's a combo of uh, gritty action movies, pro wrestling, and lucha. A lot of flips. A lot of. Uh, acrobatic stuff which has been That's really what I've done yeah. my entire career and um, with the work that I've been doing in Hollywood man I can't think of a more perfect fit tell me about the uh, Boone movie you guys finally have Boone out I'm looking at the DVD right here and you've been trying to put this over for a long time you finally got it made uh, you got your own action movie dude so um, so Boone the Bounty Hunter um, it's been about it was about a five year process from when uh, we started writing it to uh, sitting here now at the Geekscape booth at Comic Con <laughs> Holding copies of Boone the Bounty Hunter with Jonathan London. This is crazy, dude. Um, it uh, Boone uh, is a movie about a reality show bounty hunter who is an expert at uh, tracking skips, that's what we call them, um, and booting dudes with parkour and pro wrestling moves. But when his show's canceled, he decides to go after a real criminal in Mexico. And um, oh, that's then awesome. shit gets real. But the, uh, the reason that I wanted to do it so bad is... I've done 15, 16 movies, low-budget action movies, and just low-budget movies in general, and Boone is the first thing that I've done that I feel like I would have loved when I was a kid. Right. Um, a lot of the other stuff that I've done, I'm proud of the work, I'm proud of the acting and the fight choreo, and um, a lot of people have told me that they like those movies a lot as well, especially Russell Madness. <laughs> but um, Boone was uh, something that, that I came up with and wrote and then pushed it across the finish line. I've been working on it really, really hard, and... Um, I'm just stopping for a second because no, people are checking people out are stuff checking at the out. booth. Yeah. No, we'll let you go here Com- soon. Comic-Con is about the sales. We've got a potential sale. And have you gotten a chance to see any of this stuff? Like at Comic-Con, have you, you just came straight to the booth. Um, I was here yesterday. Okay, perfect. So, so I, did, uh, I did some stuff yesterday. Um, and uh, so back to Boone the Bounty Hunter, right? Yeah. I've yeah. had a, four or five screenings of it now. And um, it's really rewarding to sit there in the theater and um, listen to a lot of the jokes that are working the way that, that I intended them to. And um, it's a learning experience to uh, sit there and watch some of the jokes that fall flat a little bit, and it's like things that you too, could improve. You can't predict that stuff. Some of my favorite stuff, like when I was like writing it or saying it on set, like you just uh, you you hear it in the context of the movie theater, and for one reason or another, it does it just falls flat. And you're and like, a, damn, okay, yeah. all right, next time. Yeah, exactly. Next time, baby. Uh, will there be a next time? Is there a boon too? Re- uh, reboon it. <laughs> bad to the boon. The reboon <laughs> or bad boon starring a monkey. Sure. I don't know. Uh, I've, uh, I've got Boone 2 in my head. Any which, uh, way, any which way but Boone? <laughs> Here comes the Boone. Sure. Boone and Matata. Yeah, you can Boone do it. Voy- you There's a lot of Boons. Um, I've got the idea in my head. It's not a fully written script, but I've got a detailed outline on about Boone 2. But um, really what 
is going to determine whether or not there is a Boon 2 is how Boon does. Mm-hmm. And right now, um, I'm excited about how it's doing critically. It's uh, exceeding expectations from uh, from Vision Films and Sony. It uh, it sold out in a, in Walmart in a, over That's half crazy. of the locations and um, on Walmart online immediately. And so uh, it's, it's looking good right now for the trajectory of the movie. We have a really big... Um, DVD deal coming with uh, Dollar General. It comes out August 1st at every Dollar General across the United States, which I'm really excited about. Um, but they, do they sell everything for a dollar or what? I hope not, now that you say that. I don't know. No. I mean, I, 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 I think no uh, I think it's like one of those tricks they use you to get in the, in the store. Right. You know, Dollar right. General. Dollar, uh, kind of. The DVDs are like the general part, maybe. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's yeah, generally a dollar. I can see that, because I don't or see a couple them of selling dollars. A, I don't see them selling DVDs for a dollar. I hope not. Unless they're, like in a, <laughs> unless they're in that paper slipcase, like you sometimes see at Seven Eleven. Yeah, like the bootlegs when you're <laughs> when you're in Santee Alley in downtown LA. Yeah, I'm gonna start a store called Dollar Kinda, and I'm gonna sell that's the good. bootleg Boon. Bootleg. Bootleg. Um, that's that's the sequel. Well, listen, let's get you back to the booth. Um, anything you want to see here at Comic Con while you're here? Um, let's see. I, uh, man, it's a, it's hard to pick just one thing. I'm a I'm a fan of a. Uh, fan of comics I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to going over to say what's up to Eric Larson big fan of Savage Dragon um, Mattel action figures are, uh, are super cool the uh, the Justice League booth I walked by the other day uh, was really cool I got to go on the set and meet Zack Snyder randomly oh shit <laughs> while they were shooting yeah wow my, my buddy doubles uh, my buddy Spider okay. doubles Ben Affleck and um, I was I went by the set when they were shooting in the UK and I don't think you're supposed to do this no. but he just walked me up to Zack Snyder and introduced us and um, he was kind of surprised. He was no, like, have him do Boone hey. too. Well, have you seen how DC movies have been doing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, hey, they ain't got no dollar. Okay, they I'm just kidding. No dollar I'm just general. Kidding. But, you know, I like that new Wonder Woman movie. That one did yeah. all right. But that wasn't Zack Snyder, was yeah, it? Yeah, but no, but, but he was producer on it. We're gonna okay, do, we're true. Gonna, it was, yeah. We dress you in a Wonder Woman outfit for Boone 2, rebooning. The, it's true. The rebooting, then maybe we can... Boone uh, rejects maybe, gender identities. It's 2017, maybe uh-huh. 2022 by the time Boone... The, the rebooting comes out. Yep, I like it. Yep. So I I'm, think I'm we're going to be printing maybe, money. Maybe we put you in that Wonder Woman outfit and see how that goes. Sign uh, me up. You heard it here first on the internet. <laughs> um, Keep your eyes opened it. in 2022. And you guys can see John obviously on Glow on Netflix, which is phenomenal, and uh, on Lucha Underground. Season on three. Lucha Underground, Glow Netflix, on uh, AAA, and um, all over the internet. Follow me on Twitter at Thrill Morrison and on Instagram at John Hennigan. Puyo, Puyo. You're my only friend. My love for Puyo Puyo Tetris will never ever end. Puyo Puyo, you are just so great. I take you everywhere, even when I master. Okay, that's enough.